You're right. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to take a little sip to wet my whistle. <laughs> Who wants a wet whistle? Honestly, they don't work good. Can you whistle? So oh, here, here's the real question. Can you burp on command? God damn it. Can everyone do this? Okay, I'm going to try because I was told that you're supposed to like put a bubble in your throat. Yeah, that's how you do it. And then push it out, right? Okay. I can hear you pre-burping. You're not doing it right. Okay. Like, it, it, teach me. Gay. You're just eating air. <laughs> you can't burp on command. I, I don't know how to burp. I think it's something with my throat. I think my throat is bad. Yeah, it's why you have that CPAP because your throat's all fucked up. That's right. Well, why do you have a CPAP? I'm fat and I don't breathe good when I sleep. I mean, same. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like I realized also when I burp, like they just kind of fall out of my face. Yeah, they like, just kind of happen out. Yeah, they just like they fall out. Mm. This isn't a good intro. No, I I've got ideas planned for an intro if we want ideas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, we're covering Bubba Hotep. Yeah, so we're, it's fa- it's an important movie. It's important to a lot of people. Like, I got so many fucking messages about this movie in particular. Hey, let me come on your podcast. I know everything about Bubba Hotep. Okay, do you know anything about our podcast? No, but I love Bubba Hotep. Are these people real? Yes. <laughs> no, I, not, think, I think you're making it up because, like, oh, we get so many messages. No, 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 we did. Uh, you remember past guest of the show, pod, podcast Dean? Dean. Yeah, he said his slut friend Jennifer wanted to come talk about, or Jen, come talk about Bohotep. I said, no way. We don't allow. Are we down for, like, <laughs> calling out friends of Dean? <laughs> Is he cool with that? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's cool with it. Yeah, he's cool with it. Jen, okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. But this is an important movie. And we talked about having a guest for this one because Boba Hotep, big Bruce movie. Yeah. Lots of people have a lot of thoughts, have a lot of feelings about this movie. It's it's one of the two biggest movies of his collection, honestly. Like, yeah. If we if we had to pick like highest impact, it's not Boba Hotep. No, it, no. Best movie, maybe. I th- this is my favorite Bruce Campbell movie. Uh, originally for nostalgia, emotional reasons. Yeah. And now, after a critical reevaluation, I think it's one of his only movies that has only become better with time. Yeah. In, like, me getting older and the movie aging better. And him getting older, honestly. And him getting older. So, like, we have a history with this movie. And... We dated for a while. <laughs> you know, it was, it was it was hot and heavy at the beginning, but then it kind of died off. So you, me, and our friend David... Yeah. Do you remember this trip? I do remember this trip. So this, uh, let me set the stage for the listeners. Nate and I, were we, 17, 16, 17? We haven't graduated high school yet. We were not out of high school. We heard rumblings of this movie, Bubba Hotep. Mm-hmm. So we sought it out. Early mm. early internet, like probably. Early, like pre-2000, well, this was made after 2000, like 2002 internet. It's when movies had websites you would he, go to uh-huh. and you would watch like little behind the scenes things. Yeah. And David was the only one of us who had a driver's license and access to a car. Mm-hmm. And I had my parents rent us a room in Portland, Oregon, 
So we could drive from Roseburg to Portland to see this at an independent theater. It was the first time in my life I had left my parents' house on a road trip on my own with my friends. Really? Yes. Okay. And I think it may have been for David as well. I don't I mean, I think I'm trying to think if that was it for me too. I Pro- think probably. I, th- I think it was. Yeah. Like we stayed in this awful hotel. We saw this incredible movie. Like we were going to all three of us be friends forever. And boy, boy did that change. Introducing and, the guest by the way, David. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> so that's why I brought up the nostalgia feeling yeah, because okay. like this was the first trip away into an adult life for myself with you, mm-hmm. with our friend David. And David, for all we know, is fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't know he's dead. Well, the last, like, last it, I heard he was in prison. He he is a completely different person. Yes, he, he was very young when he was taken by the killer mummy that is paranoid schizophrenia. That's right. And just sort of walked into the streets and never came back and he's gone did i tell you about my last interaction with david tell me it was uh i was in ashland at the time going to sou for the year i went to sou Mm -hmm. and so was david at the time too. Uh he was still trying to do the college thing but he was leaving because he was having a breakdown Mm -hmm. i didn't know this at the time right but i could tell that like oh david's not coming back so you know he, he i could this is right after he got his ball removed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I gave him an Uno bar because I thought it'd be funny because Uno means one. Yeah, because when a young man loses a testicle, you should immediately <laughs> make fun of him for it. Yeah. That's, that's right. I'm a good friend. Yeah. And so, but like he was like moving back and I was just like, I gave him $40 and I said goodbye. Mm-hmm. Kind of knowing that like, oh, this might be the last time I see you actually. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my last, my last interaction with David and it was... God, when we invited him to our Potter house, that's not a house where we buried a bunch of bodies. It's not a Potter's field. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, the, it's the street. Uh, and he like stunk. Like he smelled real bad. Yeah. And he said, Tyler, can I borrow your iPod? And I'm like, yeah, sure. He hangs out. He's really weird. He does a bunch of drugs and then he leaves. And I look at my iPad or my iPod. This is, <laughs> didn't have an iPad yet. In the iPod, it tracked how many times you played songs, right? Yeah. He listened to one Mariah Carey song 800 times in the 24 hours he stayed with us. 800 times? 800 times. It was the most played song on my iPod. I had never played that song. He downloaded it, put it on the iPod, and listened to it on repeat for 24 hours straight. What was the Mariah Carey song? I don't remember. Maybe it was really good, actually. You've been ragging on Mariah Carey. No, I just remember being deeply unsettled and like, oh, man, this is not my friend anymore. Yeah. And that all came back watching this movie, a movie that I have a deep connection to that I tried to separate to look at this with a critical eye. Because there's no narrative connection. No, none. <laughs> I mean, the, other than yeah. other than characters not being there for people when they needed them, which, I suppose. which was a theme throughout this movie. Yeah. But what could we have done? I mean, I, I've made my peace with it. I mean, yeah. you you were closer to friends with David than I was. I mean, yeah, you we grew, grew up, up together. Yeah, yeah. You grew up with the guy. I, yeah. I, I, you know, went to high school with him. And so it's different. Yeah. But... You know, what is death? That is the narrative connection. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like, when did David die? Did he did he die when he changed or did he die if he's dead? (laughs) I don't I don't know. Last I heard from him, he 
like beat the shit out of his mother and went to prison. Yeah, that's that's why I heard too. That's it. Yeah. Um, Rest in piss, David. Well, <laughs> also this episode, we should say it's my birthday week. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday! I already gave you your birthday. That's present. true. Nate was very generous. He gave me something that's been on my birthday list for a few years now. Yeah, it's an action figure of the client from The Mandalorian because he knows how much I love Werner Herzog and the client and the client. I have to see the baby. I I just thought it was insanely funny that Werner Herzog had an action figure. Yeah, they couldn't make one for, you know, a gear of the wrath of God or Grizzly Man. Yeah. Oh, I forgot he did Grizzly Man. Yeah, that'd be so good. Uh, man, we're all over the place. Yeah, but we're covering Bubba Hotep. Covering the, our feelings about Bubba Hotep. Now, and, like, what I thought you meant, I wasn't thinking so much of this, like, trip that we had, this mm-hmm. strikeout on our own um, with, with David. Right, I was thinking more of. Uh, hmm. Actually, no, I suppose that that was the Portland trip, right? Because mm-hmm. I remember like going to this dinky theater in Portland, yep. the only place it was playing, mm-hmm. um, and we, we were we, so cool. We were like one of like three people in the theater. Yep. Um, you know, like it, it was our group and maybe like some other guy. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then this fucking movie exploded in popularity and was eventually came to Roseburg, and we saw it again in Roseburg. Did it get a release? It got a wide release. I mean, it, good. It should have. Yeah, it, it made a lot of money for what it was. A lot. Yeah. So we're celebrating my birthday. Welcome to the Bruce Campbell podcast. My name is Tyler McCarty. I am not Bruce Campbell. My name is Nate Boyd. I am also not Bruce Campbell. And I'm going to say the title again. This is not the Bruce Campbell. Wait, this is. <laughs> this is. <laughs> shit. We're not starting over. Bruce Campbell. Bruce We should get some singers the next next one of these we do. Oh, yeah, we should. Get a should we tell them? Should we make our big announcement? No. Okay. We got to tease it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's just say some things are changing. Um, But, you know, what's not changing, though, is quality film, <laughs> a.k.a. Bubba Hotep. 2004's Bubba Hotep. Yeah. Um, year we graduated, 2004. Mm-hmm. So, actually. I mean, it was made in 2002. They took it on tour. Okay, so we probably saw it like right before we graduated. Yeah, two thousand two, probably two th- early two thousand three. Yeah, it's when we became Ben. No, it's not true. Yeah, we fucked each other. <laughs> no, I do remember. Like you know, we only had like the one bed, right? So somebody uh, got the couch, and it was like uh, feet to feet to ass or whatever. No, that that's it's partially correct. Yeah. What there were two beds, and since my parents paid for the hotel, I got a bed to myself. It's only and fair. you and David had to charge your crystals together. That's right. <laughs> Listen, I mean, head to uh, you know, uh, sleeping head to back, it's fine. Look, I don't care which way you head sleep; the genitals still match up. So, I like you know, and honestly, that's why it's, it's good. Yeah. So you should sleep T posing, <laughs> like, like in the shape of a T. What's the most hetero way to sleep in a bed with another man, dude? I don't even know. <laughs> I couldn't do it if you spayed me. <laughs> um, yeah, so we recommend Bubba Hotep. Yeah, you should watch so, Bubba so Hotep. So we're, we're covering Bubba Hotep. This is it's it's on Prime. Uh, for free, mm. I think. Same same with Tubi, good old Tubi. Tubi. Um, and Pluto TV, which I still don't quite understand. It's Eddie Murphy's TV. Yep, the Pluto Nash TV. <laughs> it's Pluto Nash TV. If they don't have that movie on there, I swear. What? Pluto Nash? Pluto or? Nash. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and it, like I first heard of this movie when you said, hey, Nate. <laughs> We're gonna go see this movie. I'm like, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. I had. That's I had, usually how I get go out to theaters, anyways. Yeah, so. I, ha- I Campbell pilled you early and yeah. often, and I was like, "We're going." 
Yeah. And like, I was like, cool. I like movies. Honestly, it was just like a trip to go to Portland and yeah. that was an exciting thing. But yeah. Like, it was like, I'm leaving the house. I'm going out with my boys. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. But you really wanted to see Bruce Campbell's Bubba Hotel. I did. And I still do. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool movie. Yeah. Very cool. Right. Um, which is hard. It sounds suspicious. Like I was thinking about how I pitch this movie to other people. Mm hmm. And there is the generic description, which is... Elvis fights a mummy. Elvis fights a mummy with JFK, mm-hmm. right? That, that is... And I don't like giving that that advertisement because it no. sounds too monkey cheese. Yep. Monkey cheese! You know, it, it yeah, sounds too like... Yeah, epic bacon lols. Yeah, fucking Sharknado. I, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking about how much I hate the movie Sharknado because it kind of ruined this type of movie. Yeah. Where, you know, it, it has this crazy clash of things you wouldn't expect. Yeah. I'd say sharks and a tornado, mm-hmm. right? Or Elvis fights a mummy. Yes, with black JFK. Right. Um because that that used to be a like exciting idea, mm-hmm. right? Uh and it works in Bubba Hotep, but it doesn't work in Sharknado because one is about Oh, what if a tr- shark had a tornado and the spectacle of all and we have to run away from the sharks mm-hmm. and the tornado? And, oh, God, we made it. And isn't this wacky? And isn't this wacky? Oh, my God. Right? The shark come flying out of tornado. Can you believe it? Right? But Bubba Hotep isn't actually about Elvis fighting a mummy. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, this movie isn't about, like, Elvis fighting a mummy in the way that, or, like, Abraham Lincoln fighting a vampire. This is about, this is as much, Bubba Hotep is as much about Elvis fighting a mummy as Citizen Kane is about a sled. Right? It's... It does the thing where it brings you in the door mm-hmm. with an exciting concept, a hook, yep. which is things dummies and myself need to watch a movie sometimes, right? I, I admit it. Like, I have a hard time watching, like, Criterion Collection movies if they don't have an enticing hook for me to grab Fair. onto, yeah. right? Because I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm part of the hog squad. I, I go out to movies <laughs> expecting to clap like a seal. I need, um, I need something to hook me in, mm-hmm. right? Uh but what Bubba Hotep does that Sharknado didn't do was that once you're in, we're gonna tell you a good story. Yes, right. We're uh-huh. gonna we're gonna actually like engage you on that upper level that makes you think, ah, yes, Criterion. And I, by the way, this isn't a Criterion Collection movie. I it was should just, be. It fucking should be. It should be right. Like it's prime trash. Yeah, right? I, I can't call this trash. This is a masterpiece. It is, but like, I, it it. It's this is more than the sum of its parts. Yes. Like, this is whoever invented cakes. Sorry, watch them not bake off. <laughs> My man Dan didn't do it. That's fine. Cake boss. But whoever took eggs, flour, and sugar and put them together to create a cake, mm-hmm. they have a thousand IQ. Sure. Don like- Coscarelli, the director of this movie, and Joe Lansdale, the writer of the short story, thousand IQ came together, took all these things. And made something truly beautiful. Yeah, but it's not pretentious. No. Right? It's it's not like... It's first job is entertainment. Yep. And it knows it. Mm-hmm. Right? But, like, that doesn't mean that you can't move someone emotionally or, right. it, it like, trigger thoughts in some people's heads. No, like... like but, like, I, I do kind of still want to call it trash. It, but, like, it, it's... I say trash in the most loving way in the ways that I love trash. Right. Right? Like... Return the Living Dead. There's a character named Trash. <laughs> there is. 
Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Never. Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? And wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? I try not to think about dying too much. Mm. Well, for me, the worst way would be for a bunch of old men to get around me and start biting and eating me alive. I see. I, I love that movie in particular because that movie is, is a prime example of like a, not a guilty pleasure, but like a lowbrow fulfilling thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it, it is it is, you know, I'm not going to go up onto the top top floor of the Titanic to hang out right. with rich people. I'm going to go down to fucking steerage and I'm going to live my goddamn life. It's the Big Mac that's good for you. Right. Um, you know what I you know, what I kept comparing in my head this what? like you mentioned Return of the Living Dead. You also mentioned Sharknado. Mm -hmm. I kept thinking of Talk to Me. Remember that movie? Yes. I'll do it. Cannot go for more than 90 seconds. Am I clear? What happens after 90 seconds? Don't want to stay. And I just people I, love that movie, by the way. So don't, be careful. I don't. I don't be give careful. A, I don't give that. a fuck what people like. Mission Impossible Two is the best one. <laughs> it is. You're right. Uh, but talk to me was so fucking ridiculous in that it was so obviously an allegory for drug use, mm -hmm. but they couldn't ever explicitly call it out. And so you just had to infer that. So the movie itself takes itself too seriously because, oh, it's a horror movie with a deeper message. It's It, it uh, took the wrong lessons from Ariasta. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Whereas Bubba Hotep is a movie about regret, loss, and self-empowerment that it also involves punching a mummy. And they, they're they not pretentious, and they try to hide it. The character outright says, we were never there for our children when we needed them, and we have to be there for each other now. It, yes, it's my love of super text, <laughs> right? Like, there's subtext, which is like, oh, talk to me is a very obvious allegory for drugs, but yep. we're not going to say it. It's heavily implied in the subtext, and yep. you should be able to read it. That's fine. That works in some cases. Um, but I love super text because it, it explicitly tells you to activate your brain, mm -hmm. right? Like we don't want you to try to solve this mystery of a movie. Instead, we're going to tell you directly what this movie's about and see how these characters play with it. Yes. And, and, and how these characters interact with the situation in the world that they're in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cause that's the important part. Yes. Super text. <laughs> I love it. It, we don't need subtlety. Not all the time. Not all the time. And for all the super texts in this movie, I would also argue that Bubba Hotep is a subtle movie. Yeah, it's not overwhelming. No. There's nuance to this that <laughs> you won't pick up your first view, but you pick up in repeat viewings. Yes. And it's it's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful. It, it's it, Yes. Uh, we can't recommend it enough. Um, again, like, it's... I'm trying... <sighs> I think it's his best movie, but it, it's hard for me to 
say if I if I was going to a desert island and I picked one Bruce Campbell movie, it would be this one. It, for me, it's this one. I, this is I, in my yeah, letter. I can, I can absolutely is, see that. This is my letterbox top four. You want to know my letterbox top four? Okay. Robocop, yeah. number one. Okay. Bubba Hotep, number yeah. two. Magnolia, number three. Coming in four with a bullet. You know what it is? Mm. Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, okay. You know why that movie is so good? Uh, it's four hours long. It's four hours long, <laughs> and there's not one speaking part for a woman. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah, I know. True. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's not no. It's not true. I'm more it's dis- not true. That's why I like it. But that's true. That's a fact about the yeah, movie. I'm disappointed. Network isn't higher on that list. You love Network more than me, and that's fine. It's fine. We're allowed to have yeah. our different top four. I like schlock with heart. Yeah. No. And <laughs> I like stupid premises that explore deep ideas, like RoboCop, like yeah. Bubba Hotep. I mean, th- whatever. This is like a, a close number two for me, honestly, mm-hmm. because like you know, I had to really think about it. But like, if I'm going to the desert island. I would like to have more spectacle, spectacle, mm-hmm. and more escapism, and this doesn't necessarily doesn't have those two elements, uh, and that's why I think Army of Darkness is a better movie for me. I don't know if I'm if I'm trapped on a desert island, I want to watch a movie about regret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, you're already there. You're already I know. In I just want to feel bad. <laughs> but like, well. It, it, and this movie, like you just you stew with a bit more, mm-hmm. right? Which I like and is important for movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we should we should start talking about it. We should we should get into the movie. Um, so this was directed by Don Coscarelli. He wrote it based on a short story by Joe R. Lansdale, have, great writer. Have you read the short story? I have read the short story. It's super close to this movie. Like, and listening to the commentary, Coscarelli's like, I don't understand. People would make a movie about a book. And then change things. If you make a movie about a book, you obviously love the book. So, like, grow that. Like, show that. Yeah. And this, because of this movie, I sought out the short story. I loved it. I sought out the writer's other work. And he's a fucking fantastic, if sometimes problematic, writer. I mean, as all white guys from Texas are. Yeah. He did the absolute... Tell me about Detta and Odetta. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that, those are Maine. That's a Maine guy. I, yeah, but I'm just talking about, like, white writers. <laughs> no, like, Joe Lansdale wrote the the best Jonah Hex comics on Earth. They'll never be beat. Is it better than the movie? No. <laughs> Thanos should not be Jonah Hex as well, and he shouldn't be Cable to... We gotta stop. <laughs> we, we, we gotta told stop. Our, we told ourselves we wouldn't talk about the MCU. This we gotta stop with comic book movies. We gotta stop. O- only Jonah Hex ones. That's yeah. the only one you get. But no, the Lansdale's a great quirky writer. He writes fun, schlocky shit. And you can tell that this this uh, movie was based off of like thoughtful source material. Yes. Right? It was written by a writer. Yeah, based on the opening line alone. Like, I was dreaming. I was dreaming my dick was out. <laughs> the Yeah. I was dreaming. Dreaming my dick was out, and I was checking to see if that infected bump on the head of it had filled with pus again. If it had, I was going to name that bump after my ex-wife, Scylla, and bust it by jacking off. No, man. Or I'd like to think that's what I'd do. Dreams let you think like that. Truth no. was... I hadn't had a heart on in years. Best opening line to a movie, probably. Um, this movie onboards you quickly. Yep. Which again, I, I love because like get get the lore out of the way mm-hmm. for this. We don't need to really know. <laughs> and we, the lore being two definitions. Yeah. Uh, Hotep, which is a good place to start. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Uh, relative of a distant uh, seventeen. Uh, sorry. Relative of the. Uh, 
Relative or descendant of the 17th Egyptian dynasty. I swear I can read. I know how to I read. I believe you. I went to college. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> you did it twice. Once with an English degree. <laughs> Look, um, we have we have we don't have time for words all the time. That's right. And that's, that's why what, that's why we like movies. <laughs> <laughs> Although I had to read this fucking intro. Because that is it, it defines Bubba. I, I hate reading my movies. It said Bubba, male from the south. All like and also like German historical footage of, of uh yep. some Germans pulling out a mummy. Which was real like stock footage from the thirties. God, it's wild to me that they would just like go into they, a pyramid and just like <laughs> just yeet out a mummy. And Coscarelli just stole it all. And he, I was listening to commentary, he's like, Yeah, that's all from the thirties, it's all real. We just made up what they're saying and wrote what we wanted on the bottom. So if you know German, sorry. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yes, though. Like, who cares? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to me, and I speak some German. I don't yeah. care. Sehr gut. Jawohl, baby. What's it got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speak German. Du kannst nicht dein Baby essen. Nine. Kinder? Kinder essen. Yeah, child. I, I don't know. I don't Kindergarten. Know. It means child garden. Ah, <laughs> uh, the child garden. Normal country. Um, <laughs> uh, but, like, then it does an, a nice establishing shot into the retirement home mm-hmm. of, um, what is it, Muddy Vale? Uh, what is it? Shady Creek Mud Vale? It's Convalescence Home, which I really appreciate. That's, yeah. the, that's the real good one. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is a convalescence home, would you say? Uh, now they're called memory care. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, this is... This is so obviously telegraphed as a dementia house. Like, yeah. I'm surprised there are not more stories about, like, end-of-life care. Well, honestly. there can't be because it's too depressing. Like, yeah. in this movie, it gets called out explicitly by Ozzy Davis saying, they put us here to keep us out of the way until we die. I feel like we need to talk about it now because otherwise it will take over the entire movie of end-of-life care and what those what those are. It's atrocious. I mean, I mean like... In America, I should say. Yeah, probably elsewhere, too. Yeah, lots of other places. But, like, especially in America. It's the one we know. And, like, and for, for, for new nurses, or in my case, the only time I worked in the medical field, I was a CNA for, like, a month. Mm-hmm. And I would uh, go to a convalescence home. Yep. And, you know, you go around, you, you feed the old people, and you kind of, like, all right, here you go, and help them help them poop and do all the, the business. Mm-hmm. And all I remember from that time was just like it was just moans and misery. Yeah, right. It is. Because because nobody can afford it. A mm-hmm. like so they they always go to the cheapest bidder. Right? Mm-hmm. And unless you are rich, in which case this is not your problem. Yeah, <laughs> we're not talking about you. Um, but like essentially, it's just a way to throw people away because yeah. there's no other means to support it. Like if I had to take care of an elderly relative, I wouldn't be able to because right. I don't I don't own a home. I don't have space to do that. Nor right. would I have the time to do it because right. I work full time. Yes. Um, and so they they need to be put somewhere and it's not like social security is enough to sustain anymore. Cause it's not. No. Um, how much do you think my mom gets in social security? Oh, maybe 2000 a month. 12, 12,000, 1200 a month, a month. Yeah. Like it, it, <sighs> it you know, and, and like, that's not, it's not enough. You no, know? that's a lot for a lot of people, but it's not enough to survive in our country yeah or like and it's different from state to state right. and also it's different from how long you have worked yep right which is you know hey uh f- fun side note like a lot of women are single parents or single yeah. single like you know a lot of them don't work mm-hmm. right like if you're a stay-at-home mom and you know you don't get extra social security 
checks later on. Like you don't have the work buildup of that, uh-huh. and so you get less, yeah. right? Or if you worked a shitty job, you get less. Mm-hmm. Or if you just have a spotty work history, you get less. Or worked on the table, you get less, right? Yep. It's it's not a system that's me- meant to sustain you into retirement. No. I mean, it was originally, right? <laughs> because originally it was just like literally like toss old people into the streets. Oh, then what happened? Like it used to be good, but then what happened? No, it used to be bad. But then it got good, but you yes, said right. it got bad again. What happened? Um, rhymes with Agen. Oh, yeah. Tom Fagan from The Godfather. That, that's right. Yes, yeah, the Tom. Con, the concierge. We're talking about Reagan. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But the point, but no, the point being is that we have a system in place to throw old people and forget about them. I mean, you've seen this probably more than I have. Oh, yeah. I, I, I take care of these people a lot. Yeah. And they all share a couple common things. One, they're all miserable. They all hate where they live. And two, they die in pain. I yeah. hate to say it. Like, no, it's it's just moans and screams until like you die. Because, and young listener, if you've not thought about this, your older relatives who are in rest homes, you can go visit them for free, but just know they're in there laying in their own piss and shit until their bodies create ulcers, which tunnel down to their bones and they become infected and they die. It's miserable. It's painful. It's the least amount of dignity. It's a broken fucking system. It's it's bad on the 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 care receiving end and the caregiving end. Yep. Right. Like they don't get paid. No. You know. Uh, nor I'm sure there's not enough staff. No. And, and like, no. And the, these the pay the people there the residents. Resident. They're completely. They get all their rights stripped away. They can't. If they get a headache, they can't just have Tylenol. They can't go get it. It has to be approved through a doctor, brought to them by someone who may not even be staffed. Yeah, no, but before this also I was reading up on fun things like just to get this out of the way, everyone Medicare Advantage is a scam, don't do it. <laughs> just in case if somebody pitches that for elderly relative, do don't not do, it. do not mm-hmm. sign you agree, Tyler? Don't absolutely agree. The yeah. only one that kind of works is Medicaid. Medicaid. Well, Medicare Advantage is like a privatization scam. Mm-hmm. Um number number two is also uh beware of uh Medicare clawback. So when when uh, an elderly relative goes into a care home, mm-hmm. um, you know they they overcharge Medicare. It's yep. like okay, we have to care for this person, but they don't have enough. That extra money goes gets charged to the government, mm-hmm. right? And so when they die, they try to reco- recover the expenses <laughs> from the the overcharges in the stay home. So they go after the estate. And in some states, like they go after the states, right? They'll they'll mm-hmm. take the home, they'll take uh, any savings they have, anything, any anything that you might have gotten, mm-hmm. right? Um, also, in some states, there are cases where they go after the next of kin and take some of their money as well yep. and put stipends on there. And it's like, it's crazy. Maybe just maybe it's a hot take. Yeah, it's gonna give me a lot of trouble. Maybe just roll us out into the street and let's die. <laughs> I do not know any one of our age cohort, let's say. Mm-hmm. Or how about this, of our of our uh, uh, class, right? Which is fairly decent. Like, you yeah. know, we, we get, um, you know, I, I write programs. You do nursing things. Mm-hmm. Like, those are well-paying jobs. Um, my retirement plan is a gun. Yeah. Probably around 80 if I'm feeling fit as mm-hmm. a fiddle. But, like, as, as soon as, like, I see a retirement home, like, no, absolutely not. I'm yeah. taking the iceberg out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to drift out to sea. Yeah, I've I've given this a lot of thought, and yep, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's nothing left there. Mm-mm. 
Um, Bumbahotep's really good, and that's where our, we see set our scene. That's where our story starts, right? Because um, again, there should just be more stories about it. Honestly, it's kind of wild. Well, that- I mean, making stories about it, and this is pretty much true for all of medicine. Would have to acknowledge how much we ignore and how much our system is there to not heal people or to give them convalescence but rather to torque them up so they can work and get back into the blood machine. And once they get too old to contribute, we send them to these grinders where they just are killed. Yeah, I mean, it's a human junkyard. (laughs) Nobody wants to care for these people. No. But, you know, nobody wants to have it on their conscience to be be guilty for throwing them into the street. Yeah, it's like, I I can't see it. I don't have to think about it. Right. I mean, I don't see it, and often I don't think about yeah, it. Yeah, NIMBY for my grandparents. I mean, that's what, that's what happens, right? Mm-hmm. You send them out away from your area mm-hmm. so that way you don't have to think about them anymore. Yep. Right? Because their hands are just gross. <laughs> well, and they're stewing in their own piss and shit. And sometimes they would touch you. Yeah? No? It's a real Resident <laughs> Evil. Resident Evil. You like that? Yeah, that's a good one. Itchy Tasty. <laughs> They are both itchy (laughs) and tasty. So, yes, this this is a biblically accurate representation of a care home, I would say. Yeah. Um, But but it's also a story about Elvis. (laughs) (laughs) The king of rock and roll, yeah. Elvis Aaron Presley. Um, Also would recommend the movie Elvis. Fucking rocks. Yeah? Mm -hmm, 100%. How's Tom Hanks? Incredible. Excellent. He's going to put the Christmas sweater on and sing the Sandy Claus. It's so funny. Was the Colonel German? He did some kind of accent. I don't <laughs> okay. fucking know. Colonel Parker. Like, Tom Hanks. What a guy. I don't know much about Elvis, to be honest. I had to look up Lisa Marie Presley's name. Oh, yeah. And Priscilla, his wife. Yeah. Lisa Marie's dead. She died this year. Cool. January. Out of broken heart for um, Michael Jackson. No, she's vaccinated. Oh. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anywho, uh, Elvis is talking about his like dreams yeah. of, of driving the road and a growth on his pecker. Yeah, and that if it filled with pus, he was going to bust it by jacking off. Yeah, uh, he doesn't have a heart on in years, yep. which, I, again, like, yes, he's also he's directly talking about his dick, mm-hmm. but also he's indirectly talking about his youthful virility and purpose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when he's talking about his dick, what he's really talking about is his... His, his zest for life, his that's zeal. Life in general, right? Yeah. Like, because life is, you know, is, is action. <laughs> yeah, life. It's really all we have. Yeah, don't say it like it's a commercial for life. <laughs> no, I was, qu- I was quoting uh, the intro to that show, Review. Oh. <laughs> Great show. If you haven't seen Review, watch Review. This is going to be our recommendation of good stuff we like. Yeah, this is a good movie episode. Yep. Um, you want else is good? Is giving a good hack and cough. Yeah, the roommate bull yeah. is hacking. Like, I got to give this movie fucking credit. They killed it with the sound design, especially with the wet coughs from this actor. I mean, physically painful to watch. Bruce Campbell is probably one of the youngest residents here. Yeah, right? and he's in like layers of makeup <laughs> yeah. to look older than he was. There are so many like actual old people in this movie. It's yeah, great. Ozzie Davis was fucking what, 80 when he made this movie? He was looking okay though. Yeah, well I mean black don't crack. I'm talking he about I'm talking about Bull though. Like he's an old fucking guy. No, like do you know why this was so hard to watch for me? Why is that? Because when people cough like this, when they have that wet chunkiness in their lungs, mm-hmm. it's like 
they're coughing up chunks, and if those chunks backflow, they're going to aspirate and get pneumonia and die. And the way you easily remedy that is by sitting them up, mm-hmm. and he's on his back hacking into the air, and I'm sitting there getting fucking nurse anxiety because, like, I know what's going to happen to this guy. I've seen the movie, but watching it, with like, watching someone die helpless and then... So you diagnosed his death, cause of death is aspiration on, like, mucus or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Which is why he, like, leans over and is like, and then <laughs> dies. Dang. I mean, that happens to us all. It, I, was, it, I, it will. I feel like this one was avoidable, it sounds like. I mean, these are all avoidable. <laughs> That's the thing. Every death in this movie. is It's avoidable. I mean, like. Old age happens and kills people, though, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's, you know, you can just die of old age. Yeah. But it's, that doesn't have to be miserable. You don't have to choke on your own secretions. That's that's all I'm saying. No, you can get zooted out and go see God. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, anywho, so, uh, yeah, Bull hasn't... Uh, he's coughing. This prompts Elvis to sit up, and he's, like, he's thinking about his life and how it's gone to shit, and he even says... Is there finally and really... Anything to life other than food, shit, and sex. Um, that's where he's currently at right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he um, keeps thinking about the growth on his dick. He's thinking about the good old days. Yeah. Right? Like uh, the days of old Elvis, right, where it really was food, shit, and sex. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate a shit being on there. Because nothing better than like oh a quality just Oh, my like, God, loafer. dude. Oh, my God. We, we don't talk about this in society, how good it is to shit. It's like I when you have like a nice like satisfying big shit, I I feel proud. Have I told the story on any of our podcasts about me pulling the shit out of my butt at work? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think I, you've I think you've told that one. Then I won't tell it again because it just I've, I've never had to pull it out. I pulled two feet of shit out of my ass and I never felt better in my life. Metamucil, man, get some fiber. <laughs> I was taking fiber. It was a mechanical issue in that I had just had surgery, so mm. nothing was moving. It was so moti- you, you needed a mechanical solution. Yes. <laughs> All <laughs> right. I, and I did. It was great. Nurses are really just body mechanics, if you think about it. In a way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we overcharge. We don't know what's wrong. We never figure it out the first time. Yep. Bill insurance. Always. Um, but Bull dies. Bull dies. and uh, He gets he- taken away by our two comedian hearse drivers. Yeah, one of them is famous. Yeah, Daniel Roebuck. He played Arst on Lost. That's probably where you know him, but he's in a ton of shit. Okay. He's yeah. fine. He's Daniel Roebuck. He's a comedian actor. Yeah, they, they get into wacky goof-em-ups. Uh, like, in this whack, this body scene, he's like, uh, do you ever think about, like, these these old fellers and, and how they live their lives? And <laughs> yeah, you ever who, fantasize about that? <laughs> who who that. they left behind, yeah. right? And, and the other guy's the, like, no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm Wait. surrounded by death. I try not to think about it. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? What kind of life this old guy had? Huh? What kind of life he had? You know, his kids, his grandkids, his legacy. Look at him now. Oh, who gives a shit? I, I, yeah, I feel I love that. That's good. That feels yeah. real. It do, um, It's definitely real. <laughs> um, anywho, so they, they they take away Bull's body. He's mm-hmm. gone. He's done. Right. Um, Cut to yes. the meanest old lady to ever walk these halls. Yes. Real firecracker. I love this lady. She's a fucking fine actress. So this little old woman starts wandering down these dark, dank, ugly-looking halls. Yeah. With, like, uh, music uh, playing in the background. Yeah, like, big band bullshit, whatever. 
Great score by Brian Tyler, by the way. <laughs> yeah. He did all this. He fucking rocks. Um, he wa- She walks up to another old lady who happens to be in an iron lung, and she like starts petting her hair softly, looks around, grabs the lady in the iron lung's glasses, checks again, and then takes them away. And this lady in the iron lung s- does the saddest little, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. of the fucking jungle in there, yeah. man. And this old lady, like, steals someone's chocolate. Like, yeah. she's just a bitch, just raising hell in this I don't think she's a bitch. She's just trying to survive, Tyler. Come on. No, she, you're supposed to hate her. She, need, she needs chocolate, and she needs glasses. Same. But I don't take those from other people who have them. I get my own. I mean, she's in an iron lung. She's not going to use chocolate. I'm a supply-side chocolate and glasses kind of guy. Could know. you imagine, like, spending your life in an iron lung just, like, living in the tube? I mean, I don't have to because of, let's say it on three. One, two, three. Vaccine. Clot shot. We said the same thing. Yeah, that's, that's right. Be yeah. careful which ones, though. Some of them have graphene oxide. Yeah, and that's a poison. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, whatever. Listen, yeah, but this it, old woman. COVID's a lie. Yeah. I'll say it. It's over. <laughs> Man, I just got my COVID booster. It fucking knocked me out. My yeah. eyes hurt so bad. Well, Better now. Cool. Sorry, that was a real burp. I didn't have to fake it. Um, we see this old lady's room. We get some creepy close-ups of dolls. I mean, what the fuck is it with dolls? Like, there was there's a generation of old ladies out there that was, like, deep into dolls. Yeah, my grandma, when she was alive, fucking loved dolls. She also had a fucking katana. So I don't know. I mean, that's probably a World War II thing, though. <laughs> Not like an anime thing. You don't have an anime grandma. <laughs> She's really into Kill Bill. <laughs> she loves it. That's why she was always wearing the yellow jumpsuit. Right, right, right. Yeah, she's always talking about her Japanese steel and <laughs> practicing the way of the blade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She loves the Bushido. Um, she said arigato like I said. <laughs> no. But like dolls, yeah, I don't know what the deal is. I, I think it's like, you know, you um, want you want what you you want a collection of the shit that you had. Always wanted as a kid. Well, it's just right? like you're a big proponent of physical media. This is just old people physical media. I mean, I can appreciate it. Like if some when I hit like say 70, I could see myself buying all of the Ninja Turtle memorabilia. Like the the action figures and stuff. Oh my god. Their right? van, the pizza shooter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and get like myself a shredder. Like I know that they had the uh dome. Mm-hmm. The technodrome, yeah. The technodrome, yeah. Like that was a toy. I might get that. And that might be the modern day, like the, the future equivalent of the doll collection, you know? That's sad. <laughs> I'm just saying. Doesn't matter. You can't find them, so you settle for some Funko Pops. Yeah. <laughs> I only have one Funko Pop. Oh, we're the Funko Pop generation. Awful. Every Funko Pop I've been given has been against my will. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The Kurt Russell one is pretty good. Yeah, I can appreciate the one that was given to me. Everyone gets one. <laughs> I have my one. No more. Okay. But this old lady gets killed by an evil cockroach. <laughs> That's right. And the, something I didn't catch was the cockroach was eating the chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> That's why the, Because, like, that's how she got the cockroach in the room is uh-huh. that she brought in the chocolate, the pilfered chocolate. So an evil giant animatronic cockroach comes into the room. A scarab. Or a scarab. A scarab. Or, as she calls it, a cockroach. I'm going to squish you, cockroach. 
Uh, yeah, she rules. I don't she, know what you're talking about. She's not the villain here. No, like she rules because she is the villain. She's an Asterian style character. Yes. <laughs> um, don't touch me. <laughs> she's a bitch and we love her. We do. Um, but like, yeah, she fights off the cockroach really well. <coughs> like there's a whole battle scene with old lady. Yeah, she's whacking it with her cane and the blanket. But it, it bites her. It comes out on it top. It messes up her hand. Yeah, it fucks like, her up. Flayed hand. And knocks her onto the ground where she looks up. We get a Dutch angle of her face, and she's staring up at a shadowy figure. Mm. Which I got to say, audience, if you're watching Bubba Ho Tep for the first time on a new modern TV, turn your like gain or brightness down yeah. be- because you can clearly see the mummy. But when we saw it in theaters, you could barely make out the silhouette. All, all the movies of like this 2000s era, like you know, you gotta really question whether or not you want to watch it on a nice high-def television mm-hmm. or a shitty CRT. CRT all the way. Uh, kind of, yeah. Like, when you were watching Star Trek and they did, like, the HD up res of Star Trek, I'm just like, it, we were never meant to see these zippers. No. Or, like, you know. Or the, Picard's pores. No. Or, like, like, the cigarette stains on Avery Brooks's teeth. <laughs> like, exactly. I, I, don't, like, I don't need those. You got to blur it out a little bit. Yep. Um, this movie was meant to be blurred out just a little bit. Yep. Um, but you can clearly see the outline of a styling hat. <laughs> <laughs> Because Bubba Hotep, he's got a cool ass. Like, what what type of hat is that? That's like a sixty gallon hat. I don't know. No, it's not a gallon hat. It's a cowboy hat of some kind. He's got a big old feather in it. Yes, <laughs> it's a feather for his pride hat. I'd seen ten eagles in my life, and I killed nine of them. And I was sure that eagle was the one that gone away and come back again to taunt me. He was circling above the corral, quiet-like, and if there weren't so many cattle around, I'd a loose black baby and shot him, wanting a tenth feather for my pride hat. But it's, it's a yeah, it's a real Jode Crestbeckler style hat. He is. This is the Jode, the most Jode Crestbeckler monster ever. It, uh, it humanizes him just a little bit. Like <laughs> that's but, the thing they build this mummy character incredibly because when i think mummy i think guy wrapped in white bullshit yeah i i think like, like rags uh laurel and hardy meet the mummy yeah and mm-hmm. they're like they're gonna lurch towards you with arms uh-huh. arms wide open all right creed <laughs> slow down <laughs> I, I, but like no it's just, it's just a dude actually yeah, it's just a guy who's like mostly a skeleton he's from the country fair and he's here to <laughs> suck your asshole <laughs> which okay yeah no, and like we, we cut back to Elvis, mm-hmm. right? Elvis is kind of sitting there. Um, he's getting you, some he, shuddery dreams. Yeah. He's like, God, it's so fucking depressing. For the first third of this movie, he doesn't, Bruce Campbell doesn't get out of bed. Well, and you know what's great about like the scenes of early Elvis in this movie is that time is never still. Mm-hmm. Like it, when he's awake, people just move fast and like, you yep. know, like there's flashes of scenes happen and then the day is done. And I feel like that's probably what old age is like. Right. Yeah. You know, like, because I think everyone's had those days where, like, nothing significant happens. And when you think back on that day, it is just like somebody came in the room, you know, I I went to go take a piss. Like, that's the day. So one habit I've got into is from time to time, I'll be like driving to or from work or doing something really mundane. And I'll stop myself and I'll think, I'm not going to remember this. Yeah. It's like. This is just a thing I'm doing that will take no place in my mind. And it's, sometimes I remember just doing that. Yeah, yes, because 
That's what old age is. Nothing, ha- nothing by design is happening to you. And Elvis, our character here, he's not doing anything either, so he, there's nothing to remember. The one thing he does remember of this night, though, is that the old lady is on the floor grabbing to the hall, like the, the door frame, and she whispers, help me, and it gets dragged away. <laughs> right? He wakes up for that. Yep, he does wake up for that. <laughs> but he looks up, kind of thinks about it, and then goes back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Right? Because is it a dream? Is it happening? Who fucking knows? He's old. Things, like... You know, uh, day in and day out of delirium, if something weird happens, you're like, eh, whatever. Like, you you don't question it so much. Right. Right? Because you're not an active participant in life yet. <laughs> yeah, he's passively observing his surroundings. He He's a victim of life. <laughs> God. Um, But anywho, so uh, it, in comes Bull's daughter. Yeah. Right? To, to collect Bull's stuff. Bull's daughter, Callie. Yeah. And she just kind of warps into the room because, again, he's just they're existing mm-hmm. um and she's she, thumbing through his pictures his purple heart she tosses it all in the trash and he, we, yeah we get this good scene of you know elvis a uh, good acting from bruce actually this is his finest performance by far it is as elvis <laughs> <laughs> like i i don't want to well that's the hardest acting challenge isn't it is like to be another character and acting a different way like to be a, a clearly defined character, having to act in a in a very non mm-hmm. character style way, because well, it's not like you can picture Elvis and the things he does, but like Elvis in a serious moment is a lot harder, actually. Yes, and also Bruce does something in this movie that I don't think he, I don't, I can't off the top of my mind think of another movie where he has shown genuine vulnerability like he does in this movie and like warmth. Yeah. And he does that in this scene, like, but while doing an impression of Elvis, yeah, right? Which is which is like insanely hard for an actor. Yeah, this is, it's, this is why it's my top Bruce Campbell movie. It's so like that's what I meant by nuanced that he can do that. Here's what I'll say: it's my, it's his best. It's Bruce Campbell's best movie. It is not quite my favorite movie. Right, right. It's definitely his best performance. Absolutely, by far. Yes. Um, because like, yeah, I felt it. Like, he's like, Hey, that was pretty important to him. Yeah. He seemed like a good guy. And she's like, I didn't have the money to take care of him. If it hadn't been for Medicaid or Medicare or whatever, he'd just be dead in a ditch somewhere. And like Bruce Campbell, like turns over sullen and he goes, you could have visited him. They don't charge for that. You know? Right. And it's like, Jesus Christ. I, they, the thing is, it's a good story because they both have good points, yes. actually. No, I, <laughs> I identify with her and him because she's like, I didn't have time. I couldn't do it. Right. She has a job and a life. Yes. Right. And like, what you know, like, we don't know whether or not he was, if he was a good parent. Right. Because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. He could have been the best parent of the world or the worst parent of the world. You know, old, but like her point is still valid of I don't have time. But his yeah. point is still valid of. You could have made a little bit of time right. to see him once. Yeah, he's like, he seemed like a good guy. He really loved you. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> like, the, the, yeah. when Bruce's line of, he never really felt well enough to talk much, but he seemed to really care about you. It's like, Jesus, twist that knife, dude. He pieced it together from, like, shit he had, probably, uh-huh. right? Like, yeah. you know, he just figured out the story of this guy by not really talking to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. 
so he he collects the purple heart and yep. and like a picture of a him. picture and some chocolates because old people be loving their candy. And listen, a good bonbon is you know it's good Agreed. stuff. Agreed. Yeah. No Di- shade throwing at old people and their love for candy. Just well, I mean, diabetes will get you though. Be careful. I mean, what won't though? <laughs> not diabetes. I, I think past the age of sixty-five, retirement age, or yeah. probably not anymore. Oh God. I think, uh, well, legally, it's sixty-eight now. Geez. That's when you can collect upon uh, Social Jesus Security. <laughs> okay, I think retirement age, <clears throat> all drugs should be legal for old people, and they should be given to them for free. Oh, absolutely, including quietus. <laughs> <laughs> nice children of men poll. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, like, what the fuck are you, like, protecting them from? Right. <laughs> like, a death? No. They, yeah. act, they might want it. They, I will. I mean, honestly, though, like if, if I'm going out in on my own terms, mm-hmm. um, soul intact, <laughs> soul intact, I, I definitely would want to have like a big fucking like wild night mm-hmm. in a field. I <laughs> just see, watching the colors. I've come around to the idea of put me in a U-Haul full of bombs and point me towards the nearest government building. Yeah. Become a, a hero. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, parody. Parody. Like. I don't have any choice in how I'll die. It certainly won't be that. Yeah. Um, one other thing, too, that I thought was, like, throughout this movie, Elvis is kind of a pervert. Yeah. Like, But, like, a pervert in, like, not in the sad way a normal pervert is, but, like, <laughs> yeah, in not- the sad way of, like, that period of your life is over. Mm-hmm. Wait, That's or, how they paint it, for sure. Which which is true, actually. Yeah, yeah. you know, Ellis, that period of your life is actually over. Yeah. You're and, not having sex ever again. Yeah, and sorry, people listening, there will come a point in your life when your genitals will stop working, and it will be a huge bummer for you. Not as late as you think, though. If you've heard <laughs> stories from, like, the villages. Oh, God, Or yeah. even retirement homes, right? No, I've like, seen chlamydia in 80-year-old women. It's disgusting. I Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Right, um, yeah, Viagra, also a hell of a drug. Give it to free. You know, like, let him go nuts. Yeah. Um, but long story short, though, is that he... Um, she bends over to pull the stuff yeah. out of the trash can. She, like, exposes her underwear to him, and he looks, and he says... He looks, gets kind of caught, but, like, neither of them care. Well, he, he has the line. It's He says, God, what was it? She didn't even matter. It was like a house cat taking a peek. I was so such so sexually non-threatening that it didn't even matter. Yeah. And again, like part of that is directly I I care about being sexually like not threatening, but like you know, uh sexually seen as a sexual object or but, a sexual being. Yeah. But also the next layer is oh, she didn't even regard me as human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even that like she sees you as sexually existing. It's just more of she just doesn't care. Yeah. Like it's, it's like you gave it to like your iPhone's camera. Like <laughs> someone might be looking, but honestly, who cares? Right. <laughs> it's, you don't exist. Yeah. N- which is true. What of most old people? Like th- we don't see them. There's that class of human, right? Where they just don't, they don't exist. Uh, this is also when we meet the nurse. Mm-hmm. We meet uh, nurse Jackie. I don't know. She's just called the nurse. It's, she's, a nurse. A nurse. We hate them. We hate nurses. They're fucking awful. All women. Every single nurse is a woman. <laughs> I don't care if you're a man, if you're a nurse, it, you're a woman. It's like cats. <laughs> all cats are girls. All dogs are boys. Yeah. All, all doctors th- are men. <laughs> all nurses are women. Yeah. That's as, speaking as a nurse, that's accurate. I, I, I knew it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but like they both start teasing him about being Elvis. Yeah, we right? get we get our backstory where the nurse says he was an Elvis impersonator. That's how she says it. Yeah, and that he that broke. was a trailer line. They're like, we need you to really hit that. Yeah, hit it, and it is in the trailer. Yeah, but he broke his hip, really giving the crowd his stuff. Went into a coma. Yeah. Was in a coma for a while and came out with some problems. You fell off a stage and broke your hip? What was it? 20 years ago. You got infected and you were in a coma for quite a while. You came out with a few problems. So, so we learned the story is that like... He is actually Elvis. Yeah. He relates to these women through via flashback yeah. that he was Elvis. He found this Elvis impersonator. He was so sick of being Elvis. Like he lost his true love. He was hooked on pills. He was ruining his like he no longer felt the joy of making music or performing. He just wanted a simpler life. So he traded places with an Elvis impersonator named Sebastian Half. In at, at and this is important. The Nacogdoches Harvest Carnival. (laughs) (laughs) I went out of my way to get the spelling down for Nacogdoches Harvest Festival. You don't like Nacogdoches? I just... It's the small details that make a good movie. That's Joe Lansdale. He's from Nacogdoches. It's a fun... It's it's a funny word. You know? Like, it's good. If you're a writer, you should have your collection of funny words. And I think this scene... Titicaca. Cucamonga. Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Nacogdoches. Uh, yeah, that fits. <laughs> this is also, I think, one of the finer acted scenes by Bruce Campbell. Is it when Bruce Campbell is Sebastian Haft? Well, it's both. It's Bruce Campbell in the car. I don't know if there's a difference in the makeup mm-hmm. between Elvis and Sebastian Haft. I don't think there was. But Bruce Campbell, when he is Elvis, carries himself completely differently than the Sebastian half. And the fact that he can do that with his performance in this fucking movie is wild to me. Just absolutely. Like you look at the Elvis in the car where he's like talking in voiceover about how he's depressed and has no joy. And you can see that in his performance and the way he's looking around at his friends, but he still has power behind him, but he still has power behind him. There's something there. There's like deep weariness, but power in there. And then you go in and you meet Sebastian half and he's this bumbling Oh, he's a no. He's a nerd. He's a nerd. Yeah, like like uh, the idea of being an impersonator, <laughs> right, is kind of wild to me. Like that's your job as you go around and you just be Elvis for a bit. Like, yeah, he he does it though because he's the best in the business. This mm-hmm. this Sebastian half, but mm-hmm. he's he's also just a nerd. He's a true believer of the king. Yeah, he's, right. He and, lays and like down, he kisses Elvis's ring wordlessly. Like yeah. he says, "I didn't believe you would come," and then he just falls on the ground. And like again, that that is Bruce, right? Because yeah. like that is so many layers there. Because mm-hmm. it's not just Bruce Campbell acting as Elvis; it's Bruce Campbell acting as Elvis, acting as an Elvis impersonator. And then he <laughs> has to act as Elvis, as an Elvis impersonator, as the impersonator being Elvis. Right. And then what if that person was old? <laughs> right. Like it, there's so many things, like complexities to this character. It's too fucking good. You know, it's and, hurting my brain. Well, and also it, it just could have been like a joke. Too. Yes, like you know, this easily could have turned into. It a could shark- have been a caricature. Could have been. It could have easily turned into a Sharknado joke. Yes, or like um, the Abraham Lincoln movie. Ugh. Right. My 
No, I'm not going to get into it. No, come on. These people want it. Okay. Why do we do this if not to get our ideas and opinions out there? So the Harriet Tubman movie. (laughs) I don't know if you are aware of the Harriet Tubman movie. Does she drive a train underground? Kind of. Oh, I no. mean, like it's an action movie. It's one of it's it's shot in the way of like Boondock Saints, where like Harry Tubman, she like you know is a fucking badass with a shotgun. She's gonna take down <laughs> business. Like she's taking care of business. She's TCB all over that movie. <laughs> she's and- got Frederick on one hand and Douglas on the other one <laughs> instead of Aquitas and Veritas. Honestly, yes. And wow. like I was, I was sitting there watching this movie and was like. You know, like, you could have done something with this character to made her cool, too. Like, th- th- this Elvis movie could have been that. It's like, I'm the fucking king, baby. Oh. <laughs> you know, gone real hound dog on it. Right. Right? But th- he doesn't. No. That- that's all I wanted to say is that, like, you know, he, c- he could have gone too far. He- any extent of chewing the scenery would have ruined this movie. Yeah. And it's wild that self-proclaimed B-movie actor did not do that. Yeah. Right? He dialed it back in a movie where he plays Elvis fighting a mummy. Perfect. Best choice. Give him an Oscar. 2023 Best Actor Oscar goes to Bruce Campbell in 2004's Bubba Hotep. Honestly, though, like when Bruce Campbell dies, he he might get an in memoriam at the Oscars, but that's about it. That's he, so, he will, that's he will, so, ne- that's so he will never like that's get so recognition. Fucked. But it's true, though, right? I mean, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Anyways. Um... So we we get this flashback. We learn also some like logistical details about the deal, which isn't important. No. What is important though is that he left the contract in his trailer <laughs> and it exploded in a barbecue and accident. It blew, <laughs> it blew up all the trailers. Like in the contract, Bruce Campbell's like, why was this explosion so big? And the director's like, well, the theory was all these trailers. They all had these tanks too. So they all just exploded too. So Elvis blew up the entire trailer park. This movie has like an attention to detail that oh there is, is wild. There's one later that I cannot wait to tell you that I would have never picked up on. Well, and also there's like the budget on this flick like wasn't high. It was a no. low budget movie. Yeah, but like they went out of their way to like you know record scenes of a giant explosion. Well, they had of- to, they had camera like several camera placements because they could only do it once. Sure, which of course. Of course. Yeah, but, like, you didn't actually need to have this scene, Mm-mm. right? But, like, again, like, the details of telling a good story, it's like you kind of actually do want to have a cool big explosion. Yes. And Don Coscarelli says, yeah, in the short story, it was really only a couple lines in the story, just that he lost it in a barbecue accident. They didn't blow anything up in the book, but... Yeah, but but also, though, like, this goes to later when we get a flashback of ancient Egypt, yeah. where it's like, wh- you didn't need to actually... Make a, a pyramid set with like a mummy getting mummified, <laughs> but like I'm glad you did that. Yeah, it's great. Um, burp. See, that was a, that was a real burp. It just kind of escapes as gas. It. You sounded like you said the word burp. <laughs> I said burp. I, I said blurp. <laughs> That's fair. I need to like fake the actual sound of a burp. You know, kind of like a um, a glass eye. It's mm-hmm. not for me. It's for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but no, we we. He tells his story to the nurse and to Bull's daughter, Callie, and they laugh at him and they make fun of him. And he says, oh, fuck you. And they just keep laughing at him. And he has this line where he says, when you're old enough, everything you do is either worthless or sadly amusing. Yeah. 
That piece of dialogue should not be in a movie. Like that insightful of an idea should not be in a movie about Elvis fighting a mummy. It's it's truth about age, right? <laughs> Is that there you're actually just a child, right? Yep. You're, you're back to being a 5-year-old. And either everything a five-year-old does is either worthless or sadly amusing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right? I mean, it's true. Like, you know. Oh, wow. You drew your hand as a turkey? I could draw a turkey from memory. I don't have to do my hand, you fucking five-year-old. Sadly amusing. That turkey looked like dog shit, and I find that funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going re- to resurrect the um, making fun of children's drawing thing that uh, Maddox did. Oh, and- God. <laughs> <Remember> Maddox? <laughs> that guy. Did you know he blocked me on Twitter? That's funny. <laughs> I made fun of him. Yeah, fuck that guy. I'm he sure. Blo- he blocked me. I'm sure he sucks. <laughs> Put me on block party. I got blocked by Maddox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maddox, also popular around the time this movie came out. <sighs> we loved him. Well, I don't know if we loved him. We read his shit. Yeah, like you're just on the internet. You read that yeah. and, like cracked or whatever. Um, anywho, anywho. He, he does say there was one person who kind of believed him. But that guy was nuts. He was certifiable. He was black JFK. <laughs> he he's thinking with sand here. <laughs> so this is where we meet our other main character in this movie, Ozzie Davis, playing JFK. Now, who is Ozzie Davis? Ozzie Davis is an incredible actor with an entire lifetime of movies under his belt, who one of the director's friends sent him a letter saying, Hey, you should be in Don Coscarelli's new movie. He's a good guy. He'll treat you well. So Ozzie Davis is like, I'll be in that movie. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> he had no idea? <laughs> no. And he was absolutely game for everything in the movie, except for one thing. What's that? Okay, spoiler alert for the end of the movie. When okay. Elvis asked JFK what Marilyn Monroe was like in bed, in the script, it was a very disgusting description, like sexist description. And Ozzie Davis is like, no, I have a better idea. Ozzie Davis improvised what he said about Marilyn Monroe. I just got one last question. Marilyn. Oh, come on, man. Marilyn Monroe? What's she like in a sack? That is classified information. Top secret. But between you and me? Wow! Wow, we <laughs> good. That's the man good. fucking rocks. Yeah, no, honestly, and he kills it. The last role, best role. Yeah, well, probably not. Not well. <laughs> it wasn't his last. It was all. It was one of his best. He's like he's incredible in this. Like I thought, this was his last role. One of them. I looked it up. He's he was in a few other little things. Who knows when they were filmed? Yeah, I don't know. But he died shortly after this, and a legend. Rest in peace, not piss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's in heaven. He's in heaven, just chilling out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so we meet this other character who goes on to say, like, oh, I'm JFK. This is where they cut out a piece of my brain. It's back in the White House. Lyndon Johnson did this to me. Yeah. And I, Elvis is like, uh, Jack, wasn't JFK a white man? Because, sorry, listener, if you didn't know, Ozzie Davis is black. Mm. And he goes, that's the thing. They dyed me this color. <laughs> That's where they took a piece of my brain. They got it back in D.C. in that goddamn job. I got a little bag of sand up there now. Jack, uh, no offense, but 
President Kennedy was a white man. That's how clever they are. They dyed me this color. All over. Can you think of a better way to hide the truth than that? Uh, honestly, I would not suspect that JFK would be black. So it's the perfect scheme. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lyndon Johnson got one over on old JFK here. You, you know, if, M- if MK Ultra is real, then if, who's, to, who's to say? If? <laughs> then who's to say that, you know, black JFK is also not real? But that's the thing about this movie. There's evidence that he is JFK. <laughs> I mean, this is actually Elvis. Yeah. We, we, we believe this is actually I Elvis. I believe it's Elvis, yeah. Yeah, and so, honestly, why not? There's a fucking mummy. <laughs> I'm sorry, listener. There's, I'm going to, they don't, in the commentary, they're like, oh, yeah, he's probably some conspiracy theorist who just believed he was JFK after a while, after he lost his mind. I believe he's JFK. You're a black JFK truther. I'm a bluther. <laughs> Okay, so we, we've now met all of our characters. Yeah. Right? Every single character we, we have now encountered, mm-hmm. we will not see a single new character, which, man, good screenwriting 101. Yeah. Get all the main characters out front. Do right not, there, baby. We don't need anything else. We got no. it. Um, we get Elvis doing his dream where he's driving convertible. His life was good. We see him doing a concert. He's doing like all sorts of high kicks and, and dancing around the stage. Panties mm-hmm. are being thrown at him. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know they, they they want to be with Elvis. Yes. Um, Elvis. I don't get the whole Elvis allure, honestly. Watch the movie Elvis. I think you will. Okay. Like, I was surprised that the movie Elvis, directed by the Moulin Rouge guy, <laughs> was like, <laughs> like, it's incredible. It rocks. I think it should have won Best Picture. I would have said the Romeo and Juliet guy. That's just me. I would have called him Baz Luhrmann, which is his name. Sorry, he's the strictly ballroom guy. Did you ever see that? No, but nobody I, did but me. Uh, Baz Roman's uh, Baz Ruhlman isn't a real name. No, it's not. That's why I said he's Baz Lerman. <laughs> Baz Lerman is also not a real name. It's Australian. Of course, it sounds weird. What's, he's ba- a, what's he's Baz short for? Basil. <laughs> okay. Basil Lerman. <laughs> I don't know. Anywho, um, he he uh, he wakes up in the middle of the night. He has to take a piss, mm-hmm. and he he pulls he's, up a, a bedpan. He's he's. He pulls out the bedpan. He says, "No, I'm not doing this. I'm tired of pissing and shitting the bed." Which I could relate to that. Yeah, that seems, yeah, yeah. So he decides he's going to get up. He finds an evil scarab eating his chocolatey treats. Yep. And and here we get the second fight scene with a scarab. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good fight. It's like it feels Sam Raimi inspired for sure. Which I don't know if they did that because it was Bruce Campbell or not. It's hard to. I mean, he probably had some say in it, but also the way the scarab floats around is a lot like how the ball from Phantasm flies around, which Don Coscarelli also made Phantasm. So okay. he knows how to do weird action. You're right. This is not him cribbing. Don Coscarelli is a great director. John dies at the end. Fantastic movie. It is. Yeah. No, I, I enjoy that movie. His la- uh, The last movie he made, too. Wonder what happened. He, uh, he said some stuff. He did some Me Too stuff. No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh. I don't know. He, it's probably hard for him to make movies anymore because movies have changed. It's hard to make movies. Yeah. Um, but in, in, anywho, like we do get some Bruce Campbell stunnery, mm-hmm. um, which is good. He's good at that. Yeah, and they do, for the most part, use practical effects of flinging a bug in front of Bruce Campbell. The like the only like CG shot that um, is supposed to represent a person and not like hieroglyphs. Um, is of this insect that is flying around. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, I was, 
when I rewatched it again, I was kind of like, oh, that didn't age well. But honestly, it's just it was never meant to linger around for long. It wasn't a replacement for anything. No. They just needed to have a shot of a bug turning. And if you're a plastic bug, that's kind of hard to do. Yes. So I get it. Yeah. It's fine. Um, he he uh, takes like a, a dinner fork and he like tries to stab the bug and misses. Mm-hmm. And then like there's a heater fan. Like the, the whole scene is set up. Like it does the whole setup. He pulls out the this giant fork. Mm-hmm. He puts the heater on the floor. We we have logged this stuff in our brain. It's all that there. way. That way, when later when the bug shows up, they pay off in some way. Yes. He 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 uh, eventually stabs the the scarab into the electric heater and mm-hmm. shocks himself a little bit. And he does like a little like uh, the Bruce Campbell orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, that that is how he does that. Yeah, you put Bruce Campbell in a movie, he's got to come on screen. Yeah. Oddly enough, that's what it sounds like in a retirement home too. It's a lot um, of moaning. Yeah. Um. No, he like he kills the bug and he like goes into the hallway. It's like. Hey man, you got something about these bugs here? <laughs> I love that there's no one to help them at night. <laughs> like there's no one at this carol at night. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's one nurse for like 50 people. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, That's exactly how it is. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, he goes over to JFK, like his only friend. He goes mm-hmm. over to his room and uh, he discovers JFK on the floor after seeing all the JFK memorabilia, like the Jack Ruby. Mugshot on the wall, the diorama. The, yeah, the diorama is kind of. I, I need to get a diorama of something. I got you a shadow box yeah, for your birthday. It's not a diorama. That's true. Yeah. I fucked up. It's over there in case you want to. Okay, got it. And throw it away. Well, you know where my the client is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, But he sees an old man on the floor, which is a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. He could be dead. <laughs> yeah, especially in this retirement home. Um, and this is such. Like, there's. Sorry, uh, I'll keep bringing up the nuance thing. Mm-hmm. He wanders over and he's like, "Mr. Hey Jack, Jack, it's Elvis. Elvis. Jack, it's Sebastian. Right. Sebastian half. And he like acquiesces to this identity that he hates. Yeah, but he's stuck into it. And he's stuck into it. But he still gets him up. The care staff finally come in. They put him in bed, talks to them about the fall. And, Cut to the next scene. Well, like it, the the neat thing about the doctor coming in and talking to him about the fall is that Elvis starts complaining about the big fucking bugs, and the doctor's just like, "Okay, yeah, whatever, yeah, fine, whatever. we'll call an exterminator." Yeah, it is. It's like I don't believe you, and even if I did, I don't care. Yeah. Which <laughs> say I do that to a lot of patients. Yeah, I mean, like it's just like okay, sure, sure thing, Elvis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. We will send an exterminator right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they they move on to the next day like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Even though there is a dead bug in his room, a giant like yep. size of a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> which we we do get one of our my favorite lines from this movie was like, "Do I look like an ichthyologist to you? Big fucking bug." <laughs> I mean, you have it on the soundboard. That's... Uh, oh, I can I can find it. Where where is it? Oh, look, man, do I look like an ichthyologist to you? <laughs> what? Look, man, do I look like an ichthyologist to you? Oh, I guess I cut you it off. Cut it off. It's. It's a big damn bug. Big as my fist. Big as a peanut butter banana sandwich. What kind of bugs have you been seeing? Look, man, do I look like an ichthyologist to you? Big damn bugs, right? The size of my fist. Size of a peanut butter banana sandwich, man. What do I care? I got a growth on my picker. 
okay, Mr. Half, don't, don't worry about a thing. We'll, we'll call the exterminator tomorrow, and uh, we'll take care of the problem. Good, you. thank you. Thank you very much. Ad-libbed line by Bruce Campbell. <laughs> that, that whole line was ad-libbed by Bruce Campbell. What's great is that ichthyologist studies fish. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Had yeah. no idea. Yeah, no. Um, entomologist studies insects. That's true. Also, the administrator <laughs> he was talking to was also in Phantasm. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? Okay. He's in all of Don Coscarelli's movie. It's we, we love facts around here. This is the fact cast. Fact cast! Uh, yeah. Next we get... Kills a bug, and then now we get to rub some goo on our dick. Um, well, we don't. Elvis, we don't? Elvis does. I just took my little worm out. I don't look at him. <laughs> look at that little watch, worm. Watch, I put this shirt on him. I pretend he's Earthworm Jim. Blammo! <laughs> That's when he comes. Um, nurse rubs the goo on Elvis's dick. <laughs> no, we get we get a scene of the nurse like having to like rub his dick with a, uh, a corticosteroid like, to help reduce the inflammation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Elvis starts thinking about it, the fight he had with the bug. Yeah, and then like the uh, daughter bending over mm-hmm. and like he starts getting a hard on. He's yeah, getting, he gets he's a, a big fucking hork and boner. He gets a boner, and she's like, "Oh, that's a big one, huh? Oh." <laughs> Cold shower for you, Elvis. Oh, God, I love this scene. Because of the boner? (laughs) I love boners. (laughs) I love when Bruce Campbell gets them. Um, No, like, I've had this happen. Like, patients get boners. Yeah, it's just a response. Like, you can't rub someone's dick and have them not get a boner. I mean, come on. (laughs) That's true. Uh, (laughs) But uh, it was refreshing seeing a scene accurately. Of creepy old men being creepy to nursing staff, which happens so much. I mean, were we supposed to read it as creepy? No. Or were we supposed to read it as like Elvis, you dog? <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to read it as Elvis, you dog, but it's also... It is, ha- creep- it is creepy. It is creepy. This <laughs> happens all the time, and it's creepy. Oh, yeah. Why don't you give it a little tug? <laughs> <laughs> you get in that shower with me, I'll go. Come on. Tug on it a little. <laughs> or pull on it a little. He's, he looks down and he smiles at it. It's, it's, it's a funny movie. I mean, you know, it's his first boner in 10 years. Two I, presidential elections. I, I would be a little bit proud. You ever been proud of... No. <laughs> <laughs> you ever been proud of a boner? Sometimes, yeah. Um, so we go to the dining hall. It's, it's stereotypical. We don't spend much time in the dining no, hall. No, we it's, get to meet Kimasabi. Yeah, Kimasabi is like a... An old the cowboy lo- actor. Yeah, the Lone Ranger. Yeah. He's an actual old cowboy actor, actually. Yeah. Um, but he, he has like two like little pop guns. Yeah. And Elvis uh, and says, I, I used to play cards cards with this guy. Now he doesn't even remember who I am. Yeah. And he, and the guy even says, He's under the bridge. The bridge. That's where we saw him. <laughs> like, that's the first hint that like He was already on the case. Yeah. Kimosabi was hunting the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> He he already knew, but like, like he was he was so out of it this, that he couldn't do anything. This movie is so smartly written. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate it. I love it so much. Um, so so we see like the state of the old people. They're not bad people. I guess is kind of where we're supposed to end up here mm-hmm. with this scene. It's like yeah, just because they're old and they're out of it doesn't mean that they don't deserve some form of life. And we also get to see the awful food they're eating: a bologna sandwich, gray green beans. Oh man, that sandwich looked so. Beige, yeah, <laughs> like it was the most beige thing. Uniformly beige. I mean, to quote our friend Sean and past host of the podcast, 
Americans do eat too many too many white foods. Yeah, you, yeah. and I know he was saying that he was, he was vomiting it on vomiting onto his ex wife's feet. Yeah, but he was right, and I'll never forget it. Yeah, no, we uh, eat too many white foods. Bologna, never. <laughs> I, I actually do like bologna. It's Fried a, bologna, I love. Regular, I don't like. Um, so Elvis then goes and he dreams about Lisa Marie Presley, mm-hmm. um, and then JFK rolls in and, and shakes him awake. And he wants to talk about, he needs help investigating the attempted assassination attempt. Yeah. And Elvis is like, I don't want to do this. And he's like. There was a rumor, you know, that you hated me. But I thought about that. You hated me. You could have finished me off the other night. What I want from you that you look me straight in the eye and assure me you had nothing at all to do with that day in Dallas and that you did not know Lee Harvey Oswald or Jack Ruby. And look, man, I had nothing to do with Dallas and I knew neither Lee Harvey Oswald nor Jack Ruby. Good. May I call you Elvis instead of Sebastian? You may. Excellent. Finally, a recognition of his identity. It's the first person to treat him like a human. Yeah, with any kind of dignity at all. Yeah, yeah. Like nobody else does that. No. And so he like pulls him into his room and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like we get this like nice touching scene of like two people acknowledging each other. Yeah. And, and he's like, and he's like, I will be your friend, but you have to swear to me. You had nothing to do with that day in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> and he swears. He swears. Ozzy Davis is so fucking good in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he, he gives it the care and attention it needs. Gravitas. He gives it yes. genuine gravitas. This movie needed class. Mm-hmm. Right. I love Bruce Campbell. He does not. He can't deliver on class so much. Not all the time. Well, even his class is very like you know lounge room. Yes, you know it's it's very Old Spice commercial, mm-hmm. um, which is a bummer because this movie proves he could be more. He could, he could be, but I mean like he need this movie also needed Ozzy Davis. Yes, it definitely did. Um, so the the uh, he wants to show him something because yeah. uh, JFK has discovered uh, that there's been some writing done in the <laughs> yeah. uh, bathroom walls. He, he pulls Elvis into the guest bathroom. He's like, I came in here to take a shit because they didn't clean my bathroom. Having an 80-year-old man say, like, I came in here to take a shit. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That's just he's so good at delivering that line. And he shows him the stuff on the wall. And Elvis is like, you pulled me in here to look at pictures on the shithouse wall. He's like, well, look at this. He's like, it's Egyptian. It is Egyptian. This is what it means. This- <laughs> he translated it because he has a bunch of books. Yeah, he's he's got he's got time on his hands in Egyptian books, and one of them says, "Pharaoh gargles donkey goobers." <laughs> yeah, Pharaoh gargles donkey goobers, and, and Cleopatra does the nasty. <laughs> Which I love this mummy. I love the actual Bubba Hotep. So. <laughs> This scene hits a lot different for me now than it did when I was younger because I remember watching this younger thing. That's stupid. No mummy would just, like, in a movie of unrealistic things, it felt just a little too stretched that a mummy's in there writing graffiti until we went to the Canterbury Cathedral and I saw graffiti carved into the walls from the fucking 1600s. 
where someone just wrote their name and wrote like 1642. I saw that and I was like, wow, people have always just been shitheads defacing monuments of beauty. And I consider a bathroom a monument of beauty. I mean, nothing's better than a good shit. We've said it. And We've been saying it. <laughs> and like they, they talk about the thing I would talk about. I was like, wait, what's a mummy shitting? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what comes out of a mummy? Because <laughs> what, what does come out of a mummy? Turns out it's soul residue. <laughs> <laughs> if he eats souls, he, he shits out souls. So it turns <laughs> out mm-hmm. JFK has been reading a book called The Everyday Man or Woman's Book of the Souls by David Webb. <laughs> yeah. In my head forever. Don't care. Okay. Elvis reads and he's like, oh, turns out we've got a soul sucker on our hands. And he's like, yeah, souls can be sucked out of any orifice, the mouth or the asshole. And he talks about how he had a mummy who had his lips wrapped around his arsehole. But that thing caught me asleep last night. And I came awake just in time. He had me on the floor and I had his mouth over my asshole. A shit eater? I don't think so. He was after my soul. Now you can get that out of any major orifice of a person's body. I read about it. Oh yeah, where man? Hustler? The Everyday Man or Woman's Book of the Soul by David Webb. And they got some pretty good movie reviews in there about stolen soul movies in the back. Come on, I'll show you. Yeah, I get, like elegantly delivered. Like it, you would want to put on a platter and eat. Like eat, eat that asshole. Eat that asshole. Eat Ozzy Davis's asshole. I, I would. It, it, you would treat it like a fine dinner. Like uh, that. It tastes like skeletons now. Like that video of a, a rich fancy pants eating a banana. You're actually not supposed to peel it. You have to cut it with a knife and fork. Mm, okay, got it. Keep um, that in mind. In, in anywho, yeah. um, we we learned some facts about this monster. Whatever we know, it's a mummy. It's a mummy. They don't know it's a mummy, right? They know that it is a soul sucker, though. Yes, and that it's going around sucking sucking out of elders' assholes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of put together like why is a mummy going atta- attacking a, a retirement home? Yep, right. It's because. You know, easy prey. Mm-hmm. There's a, nobody questions if people die at a retirement yep. home, right? People are always coming and going, so mm-hmm. it's like there's always a new supply of assholes to suck, right? And you know, he doesn't need to eat a lot; he just needs like little little snacks every so often. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people had a lot of life in them. Yep. Okay, like old people, they don't have a lot of life left, right? They'd say like. If they eat just a little bit of life force, they only get a little bit of life force. And Bruce Campbell's like, if life's if life was fire, things couldn't be burning any less here. It's like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, but it's true though. It's very true. Um, you know, the fire. Nobody's living at this retirement home. No, um, even awful. even the employees. Um, yeah, because we cut to the nurse who's at on her smoke break. The administrator comes to yell at her that Mrs. Like Gubbler <laughs> needs an enema, and she's like, "All right, all right, I'm going." She was taking a smoke break. Yep. And well, and she calls like to attention to like, "Hey, Doc, that shed is kind of flickering. Like, there's weird lights going on over mm-hmm. there." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever. A- Don't worry about it. Go give an enema." Yeah. Which you aren't paid to think. <laughs> yeah, you're paid to like pull shit out of an ass. Which we see the mummy rise from sucking someone's asshole. Like, there's a body on the ground. Yeah. Cut uh, back to Elvis and JFK because it's time to get decadent. Would you like a ding dong? 
Oh, I don't mean mine. I mean a chocolate dingo. Of course, mine would be chocolate now that I have been dyed. You got ding-dongs, man? Mm. I got paydays, and I got a box of babies. Oh, mama. Which will it be? Let's get decadent. I'll take a Babe Ruth. That's mm. right. Old people fucking love their candy. I love candy. Candy's good. Candy's the best. Okay. You you have a, a collection of Hostess and Little Debbie treats. Mm-hmm. Um, you're offered a Ding Dong, but you can pick anything. A Little Debbie or candy? Little Debbie and candy, mm. but like not like new candy. I would definitely pick an oatmeal cream pie. Okay. Those Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies. You only get one. I'm still going with that if I'm going Little Debbie. Do I get that and candy or that or candy? That or. <sighs> I'm, I'm going with the uh, star cluster. Mm, okay. All right. I got like a good star cluster or... Honestly, like if this is my last meal, like it's an execution situation, <laughs> I'm going zebra cake. Wow. Yeah. Zebra cake sucks. Dude. No, zebra cake. What are you talking if about? If I'm going, okay, I change. I my like answer. that waxy frosting that's on a zebra cake. Nutty bar. It's nutty bar. Nutty bar is too like trail mix. I feel like what you're eating it because you need energy, not to be I'm decadent. I'm eating it because chocolate and peanut butter are the best flavor combinations. You throw in that crunchy wafer, it's gold. Are you saying it's decadent? Well, now there you got me. Yes, right. <laughs> Honestly, the most decadent is a snowball. Yeah. Or those cherry mountains. You remember the cherry mountains? Oh, yeah, that's a good old person candy. But that's not de- <laughs> that's not decadent. That's that's painful. There's like too much sugar in it. Yeah, chunk. that to me, that's decadent. It's a lot. <laughs> it would hurt. Have a cherry mountain and a green river soda. Fuck. Or a blue knee high. It's over for us. Dang. Just a couple of old just, men. Just thing, <laughs> I, I was just like sitting there just fantasizing <laughs> about Hostess. Little, honestly, Little Debbie's better than Hostess. Fuck Hostess. You know, I'll take whatever. Like a Twinkie? No, Ugh, give me a Tiger no. Stripe. Uh, Twinkies. The Tiger Stripes are the best ones. Tiger Stripes are pretty or, good. Or uh, Tiger Tails? What were they called? Scroll Nut Zippers. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Don't even know what that Get is. some NECA wafers and die. Ugh. Uh, they get decadent. <laughs> they get decadent. Elvis has a baby Ruth. They're Jay- having a sleepover talking about a mummy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, JFK makes a little bit of instant coffee, and they start talking about the logistics of mummies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, and Elvis is like, whatever. This isn't real. It doesn't. None of this matters. Well, they hear a sound in the hallway, and he's that, like, I'm not afraid of it. Like, that's no, there's no fucking mummy from Egypt out there. <laughs> right. He's like, it's nothing. Watch. I'll even go look. And I fucking love Ozzy Davis. He grabs his cane, and this man backs into the corner with the most intense look in his eyes. Like, Ozzy Davis, strong fucking performance in this movie. Yeah. Way more serious than it needed. And he kills it. I think it needed it. I think like, he gave it the amount that it needed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the we, we see the mummy walk by, yep. and we see Elvis give, like, Direct eye contact. Yeah, they, to the mummy. they meet the right eye to eye. And if you look at a mummy in the eye, it's not just like a normal looking someone in the eye. You get like a history when you look into that mummy, <laughs> right? Like you go. Some you, mummies can tell you their whole lives just by looking in their eyes. That's right. And he learns a uh, titties. There's a titty scene. It's for daddy. 
it, I feel like it's the equivalent of the explosion, right? Like if somebody is asleep, it's good to have a good wake them up scene. Like wake them up. Look at the screen. Pay look, attention. Egyptian nipples. Egyptian nipples. Look. That's right. Uh, oh, he's getting his brain sucked out from from uh, hooks. Yep. Uh, and then a mummy uh, is in a bus. It falls off into the river. Right. Uh, he, he learns the entire history of this mummy through flashes that are beamed directly into his brain. And boy, it knocks Elvis back a little bit. Yep. Um, in wanders in Kimo Zombie, who yep. who previously was saving his roommate. Yep. Right. And he's still hunting this mummy down the hall. Yelling, but- asshole, asshole. Shooting at him, but like with with fake guns. The fake guns. Pop guns. Scares the mummy off, has a heart attack, collapses dead on the floor. Yeah. Soul intact. A hero. (laughs) Now, you remember how I said there are tiny little details in this movie and there's one later that I couldn't wait to talk about? Yeah. It's what they do to Kimosabi. What do you know was the biggest plot point of The Lone Ranger? I know nothing about The Lone Ranger. That's good. I didn't either. Okay. But listening to the commentary, Don Coscarelli is talking about it's like the biggest plot point in The Lone Ranger was everybody was always trying to take his mask off, but nobody could. Nobody figured out who The Lone Ranger is. But after Kimosabi dies and they do CPR and he's laying there dead on the floor, one of the nurses just takes off The Lone Ranger's masks and just tosses it on his body like it's nothing. And he put that in there for Lone Ranger fans. <laughs> Uh, all like, alive Lone, Lone, Lone Ranger fans are screaming. No, but I fucking <laughs> love that dedication to those little details because when you rewatch that scene, she does like peel the mask off and with no fanfare just drops it on him. See, I thought you were going to talk about like the way they handle his body <laughs> in, in which they, they drop it to a slide whistle. They do do that. Whoop! <laughs> yeah. Elvis, like they wander over, <laughs> they give their story. They lie. They lie. Because... the. They they uh, they do the one thing they can. They lie, right? Because they're trapped. It, it's a fun like little acknowledgement that even if these old people were put together and and healthy, they would be pushed down by the system that's around them. Yes. Right? Um, nobody believes them, mm-hmm. nor would believe them. And right. so the only way way for them to operate is to subvert that system. Yep. By lying. Yes. Elvis picks up Kimosabi's mask. Cut to the next day of the two funeral guys dropping his body into the bushes to a slide whistle. Whoop! <laughs> One minute you're here, and the next minute you're gone. Oh, shit! Oh, shit. Uh, it is funny. It, yeah, <laughs> it's a good way to break up the acts. I think mm-hmm. you know, just like because that was a heavy scene of the voiceover. It's mm-hmm. like slowed down. It's a single shot of them like yelling at Elvis and JFK. Elvis and JFK looking looking at each other, acknowledging what they both saw and know, but they both have to hide. Right. And and but, Kimosabi, like, he had three scenes in the movie, and it's impactful oh, watching yeah. him die. Yeah, but you need a palate cleanser. Yes. As you head off into the next act. Yes. Right? And so what better way than just to, like, you know, uh, drop a guy into a bush? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So Elvis has a new zeal for life. He's out in yep. front of the rest home <laughs> smelling the flowers. I mean, he hasn't been outside for years, probably. Yes. Right. He, like the walker is easier to use. He can walk with it. Yeah. He's getting more life back as he is finding new purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's to kill a mummy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then like the system comes back. The nurse comes back and says, I, I appreciate that you're feeling better, but don't stay out here too long. Yeah, you'll die. You're old, pathetic. Come back in. Right. I have to lube you up. And he says, you fuck off, you patronizing bitch. I'm sick of your shit. I'll lube my own crankshaft from now on. You treat me like a baby again, I'll wrap this goddamn walker right around your head. Yeah, and like... Hooray! Yeah. That's that's a win line for Elvis. It's a it's a win. Like he's being mean to a nurse that is probably just doing her job. Mm-hmm. But also, because I bet you it's just like an. Also, a, yes. Also, from what we've seen in this movie, she has patronized him the entire time. She makes fun of him. Yeah, I, I try not to be so hard on her though. I think because I think that she's just doing her job. Sure. Right. Her job sucks. Actually. No, but in the in the frame of the story, she does patronize him and sort of. Sure. infantilizes him yes but she's not I, I guess i'm saying she's not nurse ratchet here no like she's just you know polite but dis, you know dismissive yes um and he's like finally has some power in his life so he strikes with that power yeah like fuck off actually mm-hmm. you know i'm doing my own business right i'm my own man i can do whatever the fuck i want and she doesn't mess with, mess with him again like no she, she leaves this story yeah she's done <laughs> so like she's out of the story yeah because like Elvis has overcome that obstacle. Yeah, he's going to lube his own crankshaft from now on. Well, he's deterministic, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's dictating his own life. It's not the nurse that's yes. dictating his life. He finally has something to live for and power and the ability to feel alive. And what better way to celebrate that power than tumbling down a... <laughs> a, 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 a he has to take a walker down by the river. The second Baldur's Gate reference. Look at you. Oh, I know, right? Um, yeah, he does go down <laughs> by the river. I was trying to think of other lyrics to that song. He goes down with the walker and he stumbles. He does like a little shuffle down down the river. Um, and Poor, he's, poor fucker. And he, and he sees a bus. Yeah. There's a bus in that river. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he starts like thinking like, Oh, this, this means something. Um, he gets, he gets back to his room. He's exhausted. Yeah. He sadly smears cream on his dick. Yeah. And he's like, this is cancer. I'm, I'm dying. Yeah. He's like, they won't tell me it's cancer. Even if it's not, it might as well be. Doesn't matter. He's moved past his own denial. Yeah. Right. It's not like, is this cancer? Am I dying? It's like, no, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, even if it's not, it might as well be. I'm done. Yeah. It's a, it's a acceptance of his fate. Yeah. Almost. Right. Like, I, th- I think it's kind of like, a, I'm not dreaming of the past anymore sort of thing. Right. Um, what, which is wild <laughs> for a movie about Elvis fighting a mummy. Can you imagine a character in a Freddy movie being like, I know Freddy's going to kill me. It doesn't matter. I have to do what I can while I can. Yeah, that's that's the root of the story, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, like, I acknowledge I don't have much life left in me, mm-hmm. right? But whatever little life I have, I'm going to decide what to do with it. Yeah, and it I'm needs not just to gonna, matter. Like, yeah, I'm not going to just let it leak out of my ears. <laughs> you know, I, I, I 
have made some choices. In, like he watches uh, Elvis movie marathon. Yes, that's like he, that's the next thing he lays down an Elvis movie marathon comes on. He's like, I should have left Colonel Parker. Like I could have been so much more than what I was. I could have been there for everyone. I could have been a hero. Right. But instead of wallowing in the past, he's like, well, I'm going to do what I would have done. Like what I should have done then I'm going to do now. Right. It's yes. like, it's this idea of just because what I did in the past was a mistake doesn't mean what I do in my future has to be one. No, and I think what really elevates this movie more than what it already was was the ex- like the acknowledgement that Elvis says life had treated me pretty well. Yeah. And everything that bad happened was my own fault, but it doesn't have to be that way anymore. He had all the opportunities in the world to do what he wanted to do. He had he, he, no, there were no barriers except yeah. for himself. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, he, he acknowledges that. Yeah. And he's just like, actually, yeah, I fucking wasted that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I, I should have left the colonel. <laughs> it's, I should have, you know, uh, not have slept with all those women and gone after the woman I love. Right. It's. I didn't watch Elvis, so I imagine that's, that's pretty much what happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's pretty beautifully written, I would say. It doesn't beat you over the head with it. No. But like. It directly states it, though. Yes. It, it says very clearly, this is what this this meaning is. This is what the character Elvis has decided. <laughs> and, like, let's look at this as someone nearing the end of his life. He doesn't have time to beat around the bush. He needs to say exactly what he's thinking and to feel exactly what he's feeling. There's He doesn't have time for denial anymore. Yeah. You can't waste time when you only have a month left in your life yes right <laughs> yeah you need to fill that u-haul full of fertilizer you need to pick a government i have got to stop making that joke uh we're talking about the, the tyler your new book that you're writing that's like i not things i would do in real life yeah it's called how to blow up a government building <laughs> that's right if they can make a movie called how to blow up a pipeline based on a book called how to blow up a pipeline i can make a book called how to blow up a government building especially since you don't actually know how to make a bomb i don't yeah. You know, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, but see, I, I have I have the, the, the key. You have the lock, but like I'm not going to tell you my lock. This is the gift of the Magi. Yeah. <laughs> it's building bombs. That's the, <laughs> I don't think that's what that was about. Uh, I sold my detonator to get you this nitrate. <laughs> oh, I sold my nitrate to get you this detonator. Oh, look, we got it already. Whatever. I don't remember what this story's about. Something about watches. <laughs> Yeah. They both end up with watches or something, and jewelry. There, and there's like wizards involved. A comb. The magi are there. Yeah. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> JFK comes in. He's like, the person who claims to be my niece <laughs> has taken me to the library. And I, I've learned. Um, I've done some research. I've done some research. It's his folder. It's M. M for mummy. <laughs> I feel I feel like a nerd would do that. The details in this movie are so good. And like JFK's research that a mummy had been lost on yeah. the bridge right. where they were. And and Elvis like I've I've seen that. I've seen the bus that crashed in the river. Yeah, and JFK's like we got to change retirement homes. I'm going to go nap now and then brew some coffee so I can be up all night so this mummy doesn't come for me and Elvis is like you're right. That's a good plan. JFK leaves. And then Elvis has this beautiful little monologue where he's like, my whole life, I always played the hero, but I never got to be one. Yeah. Like, I fucked shit up, but now I could finally be the thing that I always wished I could have been. And he, he calls JFK. 
who's sitting by his red hotline phone. I do love the red phone, <laughs> honestly. It's good. Just a beautiful little, he's sitting to, next to the hotline of the Kremlin. <laughs> good, good lighting, too, actually. He's just like, he, he's. It's like he was sitting in like a Cuban Missile Crisis movie. Uh huh. <laughs> God, God, this movie's so good. And he's like, uh, "We're fighting the mummy, JFK." Yeah. He's like, "Ask not what you can do for your retirement home, but what you can do for your retirement home." And Ozzy Davis, like it's the like, JFK, is like, "Hey, you're stealing my best lines here." <laughs> he's so pissed off that Elvis would steal his line. <laughs> it's like it's a petty little thing. I love. They, they they go get prepared for war. Yeah. They get rubbing. They're going to kill a mummy. They're going to kill a mummy, right? So, like, that very night, they have collected rubbing alcohol, mm-hmm. matches, mm-hmm. lighters, yep. scissors, mm-hmm. mummy fighting uniform. <sighs> so, okay, JFK has a suit because he's the president. He's got a nice charcoal suit. <laughs> uh, Elvis has the most... Uh, Elvis's costumes are good. Always have been. Right? Yep. Rhinestones, uh huh, bodysuit. Yep, <laughs> giant fucking collars, like Frill. Dracula collars, frills down every arm. <laughs> a cape. He's got a fucking cape. Can we like agree that we need to bring back capes? Yeah. Well, I mean, capes are gay, and I know you're not gay, so you would want to wear a cloak. I can be gay coded. Like we can all be gay coded. Okay, fair. Right. It, it it's not about being gay or not gay. It's not about sexuality. It's about Yo, check out my cape. Aren't capes rad? <laughs> Aren't capes rad? Dracula has a cape. <laughs> capes are cool. Capes are very cool. Elvis Wear has capes. a cape. That's right. Um, oh, Elvis wears a cape. Would you call Elvis gay? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Elvis has appropriated a cape from Eastern European. Oh, he took from a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just capes. <laughs> like, he learned to sing and play rock music from black people. He learned to dance from Forrest Gump. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's right. God, I hate Forrest Gump so much. Agreed. Um, Tom Hanks, though, he was great as Colonel Parker and Elvis. <laughs> um, so they they uh, we get they, our hero strut. Yeah, they they kind of do this like long walk, like it's the Apollo thirteen walking to the rocket strut. Uh huh. But um, it's but it's Elvis in his Elvis suit pushing a walker, JFK in his suit in a motorized wheelchair. Mobility scooter. With the fucking booming soundtrack of like choral oohs and ahs to the theme of this movie. Yeah. Um, they, they, they meet outside the retirement home and um, Elvis. Uh, okay, so they both have two secret weapons. Yep. Right? Elvis has brought his, his medicine bag. His, mo- yeah, his mojo bag. His mojo bag. He calls it a medicine bag. He does. Um, it has Kimosawi's mask in uh-huh. it. Has the purple heart. Yep. And uh, um, uh, a picture of his daughter, Lisa Marie Presley. Mm-hmm. Um, and it- JFK brought some w- <laughs> some words of power from his book of magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's written down in his chest pocket, ready for when they need it the most. Ozzy Davis's line. I've picked out some words of power from my book of magic. If there's any winking in the camera when you deliver that, it's ruined. It's ruined. But no, he's so <laughs> dead serious. Yeah. It's incredible. Right. It's the cadence of somebody who believes in the words of power. <laughs> and I picked some words of power from my book of magic. I don't know if they'll stop a mummy, but they're supposed to ward off evil. Uh, yeah. 
Keep for, that in mind, listener, because we're going to get to the words of power. But before we get there, they do have a serious moment where, like, you know, he brings out his picture of Lisa Marie, his daughter. Yeah, and he says, we weren't there for our kids when they needed us. Were they? And, like, they both kind of acknowledge it. And, th- well, they, they see this as a way to make up for that in a way. Yeah. Right? It's like, we, we fucked up there, but we can do right here. Right. Which, I mean, honestly... That's a good fucking message. It's a good message at the end of your life, too, isn't it? Right? Because, like, all you can do is look back, and you have very few things to look forward at. But if you're going to say, like, you know, this this one thing I'm going to do at the end of it is going to make up for some bad shit I've done in the past, like, that's a good message. Yeah, that's a worthy endeavor. That's right. Like, if you fucked up. Not too late. (laughs) It's not too late. You can always try and do a little good. That's right. Henry Um, Kissinger, I'm talking to you. Wait, I'm just getting breaking news. <laughs> oh no, uh, he's fine. Okay, let's let's be real. He's actually not dead, right? Like he's just oh, he's dead. No, he's in the fucking like you know skull and bone society. Yeah, he's in the Jeffrey Epstein suck off machine, whatever that is. Yeah, he's just like just chilling down there, like probably hooked up to the eternal life. They machine. actually sent him back to Cambodia. <laughs> Hundred thousand more. <laughs> No, I'm I'm saying he's hooked up to like the mammon machine. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Moloch and Ball. Just just there just sucking on life. <laughs> it's like I'm fine actually. <laughs> um okay. So uh before before they leave, uh Elvis does ask about Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. We get the nice Ozzy Davis. Wow we <laughs> Wow. It's very good. It's um so funny. And uh they, they go out on the hunt. Their plan, their plan is um, Elvis is is hiding in the bushes while JFK is the bait. Because mm-hmm. JFK, I guess he can't walk very well. I mean, he moves better than everyone in this I, movie. I know, I know. It doesn't matter. He, I don't, he, he's in the wheelchair. At this point, I don't. I did not care. I didn't even think about it. Who cares about the logistics? There's the tension. Yep. It's the, the, the painted picture of, of JFK in a wheelchair. Um, and he's sitting around in this kind of dark, dimly lit forest area. And he falls asleep. <laughs> Just falls asleep. <laughs> Perfect bait. Um, <laughs> Mummy comes out of the shadows. Like an effective like horror scene of this dark park where you can see the street lamp and some trees and nothing but a black background. Yeah. And the mummy slowly <laughs> ambles out of the shadows. Like, like if somebody approaches you in a parking lot, that's what it looked like. Yes. It's it's really well done. Yeah. Um, this movie's shot beautifully. It is. Uh, and so... Bubba Hotep then he like he walks behind a tree and disappears mm-hmm. and then shows up right behind Elvis. Yes, and starts Elvis uses his walker to defend against the mummy. It's so good. Like he uses his walker to fight the mummy. He pushes the mummy into the tree. He's like, oh God, what do I do now? Yeah, right. Um J- JFK kind of rolls in and, and you know kind of scares him away. Mm-hmm. Um and so they, they kind of talk about what to do next. Um JFK says he's gonna roll around and flush him out. Yep. <laughs> Um, and it, it works. Uh, you know, he, uh, he sees the mummy going after JFK. Um, but he has, you know, JFK gotten, gets knocked over. Yeah. Knocks him out of the chair. The chair kind of rolls towards Elvis. Elvis does this heroic, like lining himself up to get caught onto the chair. (laughs) The Brock Samson throwing his arm out and landing in the back of his car. Right. Yeah. He catches the ride. Yeah. And And, like, he's, and we we're seeing the mummy, like, Start sucking JFK's soul, like the mouth opens to eat JFK's soul. Yeah, like that's the real risk, right? Yeah, because they don't fear death because they're about to die, right? But they don't want to become 
shit. Yeah, they don't <laughs> so much shit in a like soul toilet or whatever. That's right. And so Elvis knocks the mummy down, sprays him with the gas, sets him on fire. He fall. He like walks away and falls down. Yep. Um. And he, he goes down to JFK, who's on the ground. JFK mm-hmm. says, "The president is soon dead. <laughs> Take my words of power." Now it's, it's up, now it's up to you, Elvis. Or is that what he says? Now, yeah. Now it's up to you, Elvis. Now it's up to you, Elvis. You, you got to get him. You got to take care of business. Yeah, and like he hands him the note uh, with the words of power on it. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Tyler, I know that you're excited for for the words of power. Yep. Um. So the I, mo- can, the- I can read them, but you you should also cut in Bruce Campbell saying them. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, but the words of power are "you nasty thing from beyond the dead." No matter what you think or do, good thing to no good things will come to you. And if evil is your black design, you can bet the goodness of the light ones will kick your bad behind. <laughs> and the way like Bruce reads it is like. He's he he's gonna finish reading the words of power, <laughs> but he he knows as soon as the first sentence is done that god awful. These these are they, they don't even rhyme well. <laughs> <laughs> you nasty thing from beyond the dead. No matter what you think or do, good things will never come to you. And if evil is your black design. You can bet the goodness of the light ones will kick your bad behind. That's it? That's the chant against evil from the Book of Souls? Oh yeah, right boss. And what kind of decoder ring comes with that, man? Shit, don't even rhyme well. I just, words of power are funny. <laughs> words of power from my Book of Magic. God damn. If these were the words of power, <laughs> what kind of decoder ring comes with that shit, huh? Beautiful. Um, and Bubba Hotep gets back up. And we get a, an equally beautiful line, honestly, is that he he stands up. And I remember watching this for the first time, just my mind dying when the mummy <laughs> spoke. And instead of saying words, out flew hieroglyphs. Yeah. Hieroglyphics flow from his mouth out in front of him. And they spell out... Suck the dog dick of Anubis, you asswipe. And it's like a hieroglyphic of an Egyptian mouth, a hieroglyphic of a penis and balls, and then a dog dick, (laughs) a bent over ass, and a hand moving up and down to wipe the ass. The details in this movie. It's great. It it makes me like feel like I can read hieroglyphics. It works. Um, And so Elvis pops in the chair, heads for the mummy. Takes him down a hill. They roll down a hill. Elvis breaks his like ribs into his lung. Like, yeah, I could feel something soft grinding up against something inside, or I feel something inside grinding up against something soft. It's a really like accurate descriptive line of what that feels like. When I had a drain pulled out of my abdomen, that's exactly mm-hmm. what it felt like. Poetic, poetic, good stuff. He gasses the mummy, sets him on fire. Mummy dies. The soul. Well, he and it, like we're going by this pretty quickly, but it's very cool. It, it 
like the action is shot very well. Like the, there are good like action lines. Like I remember like when Elvis was actually fighting the cockroach. We forgot to mention. Yeah, it, like he has a really never cool... but never fuck with the king. Even a big bitch cockroach like you should know. Never, but never fuck with the king. Right, and before he like lights up the mummy, he says. Your soul-sucking days are over, amigo. And it's it, it's all very cool. Like, it's all, like, action cool guy shit. But not so much that you don't ever see him as anything other than an old man. No, but... Because the mummy moves very slowly. Yes. Elvis moves very slowly. It's just two old things grappling and punching each other. Well, it's like my philosophy with all, like, action is, like, what's, what's a bigger battle between... Um, a, a uh, powerful wizard and a rock golem or a man fighting a boar, <laughs> right? What's, what's more interesting? <laughs> I think it's not very interesting when a little green guy hits your droid with a stick. I think the green guy should have a lightsaber and do a bunch of flips and twists. I hate those prequels. I mean, agreed. But like the, the moral of the story was like, you know, two weak people struggling to fight and and feeling that tension versus like infinite power and glowing yep. and just nonsense. Don't like care. It, 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 this is a better fight. Yes, right because it is two people that could you could I could take both these things. Yes. I could both take old Elvis and a mummy. <laughs> I feel like you know I'm not like in tip top shape, but I could do these things. Yeah, you could take both. I agree. Yeah, I think you could too. Thank you. <laughs> right, but happy birthday to me. But like since the ch- the the power level is so low, like each. Swing and each fall is deadly. <laughs> yes, and you see Elvis's rib poking out of his chest, and he's like, "This is it. This is the end for Elvis Presley." Right, and he sets the mummy on fire, kills the mummy. The souls come out. Elvis is looking up into the night sky. The stars rearrange themselves into hieroglyphics, and it spells out "All is well." Yeah, and, and it, it's not subtle. No. But I think Bruce Campbell's performance in this scene is because he has to utter Elvis's most famous fucking catchphrase as he dies. The thank you, thank you very much. And I think Bruce Campbell does it in such a way that's touching and heartbreaking because you've grown to care about him and his journey. And he's accepted his fate. He's become a hero and he gets to die knowing that he mattered and he saved some people. Sure. The the character Elvis has become the real person Elvis. Yeah. They've merged in, yeah. into one, right? And so when he says, thank you, thank you very much, it's not in the thank you very much line. It is the like, actually, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. And then <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Soul intact. Soul intact. I, I, I like the soul intact thing, actually, because yep. like, because his soul was not intact at the beginning. Of no, this. he had no soul. Well, I mean, he had a soul, but it was it was it was scattered and it was like it was flick, it was flickering. It was dormant. It, it was it was a flickering soul. It wasn't mm-hmm. like sustained by anything except for momentum, right? But like he he came out of this still Elvis. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he died at the beginning of this movie, he would have died Sebastian half. Yep, he would have died old man. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I think. It's about how you choosing your terms to go out on. You know? Yeah, you should. You should get to choose, and we don't. We don't, and we do not think intentionally about death in our culture. Well, yeah, we put it off. Yeah, it's uncomfortable to think about because 
you know, nobody wants to think about growing old. How often do you think about it? More and more every day. <laughs> yeah, I think I think about it probably once every day. Like, yeah. There, they'll come. I'll be doing something, like I'll be petting Murphy, our dog's head, and I'll just think, one day I won't exist anymore, and neither will he. And then I just sort of sit there for like ten minutes. Yeah. Well, that's that's thinking more about death. I think, old like old age and death are, are intertwined. But mm-hmm. like I think that thinking about old age is different because it's that's something it's, it, you do. It you have more past than future, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you know, when you have more past than future, people keep on pushing you to just take it easy. You know, enjoy the golden years and, you know, do the things that you've always wanted. Not, well, they say do the things you always wanted to do. But, but you can't. But you can't. The things you wanted to do, you could only do when you were 20. Right. And so what that really means is just be quiet and stay out of the way. Yeah. Did I ever tell you what I had a 103-year-old patient say to me? What's that? Fuck she, you? <laughs> she was like, oh, you're so nice. You know how they tell you about the golden years? And I said, yeah. And she goes, they're fucking lying. Yeah. <laughs> and I will never forget that. I think it's because it's true. Yep. Old people have no reason to lie anymore. No. And it's, I'll always remember her. Yeah. I could tell you her name because she's dead now, but I don't remember it. <laughs> okay. Her soul's intact. Her soul was intact. Um. Yeah, so I mean that—that's that, Bubba Hotep. That's Bubba Hotep. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. Well, how about the Bruce of it all? Let's learn about the Bruce of it all. It—it's funny. Like this movie isn't very Brucey, Mm-mm. which is to Bruce Campbell's credit. Yep. Like because he's acting in this movie. <laughs> he's doing a legit performance. Like th- there's the default Bruce Campbell performance. I think this movie. Created the Bruce Campbell we have now. Sure. It learned all the wrong lessons from this movie in that, oh, isn't fighting a mummy wacky? Like, shouldn't Bruce Campbell be like the wacky, over-the-top whatever in your movie when really Bruce Campbell should be the restrained soul of your movie? Yeah, he should be an actor. He showed a sign or a side of his talent in this movie that I don't think he's ever showed before. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking incredible. Yeah, and I will, I will f- like I got into a fight on the something awful forums back in like 2005 about this. Yeah, okay. When there was some movie thread, and they're like, "Oh, post your like favorite performance of someone dying," and I posted this movie, and all these fucking film bros were like, "Oh, Bruce Campbell, no, this over the top, being Elvis." And I'm like, "Have you seen the movie?" And they're like, "No, but we just know it's Bruce Campbell." That's why you can't trust film bros. Yeah, they don't fucking know. Well, you shouldn't give an opinion about something you have not seen. That's what film bros do. Which is why we're going to be watching Madam Web day one. <laughs> we, we don't know look, it's going to be bad. Look, I we saw Morbius the first week in theater. We're going to see Craven the Hunter first week in theater. We're going to uh, see Madam Web first week in the theater. Okay, but like, but really though, <laughs> it's like there, there's the default Bruce Campbell character. Yeah, the evil dead, like manic energy of Bruce Campbell. I, I feel like that is just... Him, yeah, that, that is just actually Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. He's doing improv, but like he's di- like when when he doesn't have direction, like in Black Friday, mm-hmm. I don't think he was given good direction. No, in that movie, he is just Bruce Campbell. Yep, right in 
a lot of the movies, he kind of just takes his personality takes yeah. over instead of his acting prowess takes over. Yep. Whereas in this movie, there's only like little glimmers of Bruce Campbell. Like you get it during some of the like action sequences. Yep. Um, you know, but like for the most part, it is Elvis. Yeah. And that that. You don't get that in any other Bruce Campbell. No, movie. I mean, let's look at the context of where this movie was in his career. He filmed this a year after Icebreaker, yeah. that shitty movie where he was like giving nothing. Bruce Campbell was not Bruce Campbell. He wasn't. He was a B horror movie icon for sure. Yeah, but he wasn't who he is now. He's like, I mean, he's a game show host now. He just makes whatever he wants to make, and he gets to go in, do three days of work be the best part of whatever he's in and leave. But at this point in his career, he had something to prove. He had to show something new. And I think he did it in this movie in a way he's never done since or before. It's like that period before Lerner Nimoy, he was Spock. (laughs) Then he just absolutely didn't want to be related to Spock anymore. And then at some point he gave up and said, yes, I'm Spock. He wrote that book about that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I feel like, Bubba Hotep was that in-between period between when Bruce Campbell was, I actually don't want to just be known as the evil dead guy. Right. Then he does artistic things and he's actually, no, you know what? I'm I'm the evil dead. That's just where I am. Right. That's that's my that's my role in life as B movie actor. Mm-hmm. You know? Um And that's a fucking bummer. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it is. But I mean, he I'm sure he's happy. Like <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you know, he has, he could deliver deliver the Elvis lines of like, you know, I've had a good shot, I've had a good life, yeah. I've I've done the things that I've wanted to do for the most part. Sure, I didn't get to be the Phantom, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like, you know, I, I I had a decent shot. And you know, I read a recent interview with Bruce Campbell, and he says, you know, I'm really happy. It was a. He was talking about how he's not going to play Ash anymore for any reason. Like he doesn't want to do it anymore. He's like, he's like, I'm too old to play Ash, so why would I? Yeah. What I want to do is just make little movies in Oregon at my house, and I think that's what my next thing is going to be. Is I want to make a little B movie for myself and for the people around me, and I think that would be fun. And I think we should audition for it. (laughs) Oh, is this? I thought you were talking about my name is Bruce. No, no, no. Like (laughs) he wants to make another movie in that little town he built on his property. Well, yeah. I mean, we won't, but <laughs> I drive down to Ashland. I would yeah, for sure. If we could find out about it for sure, but I think that is the right thing for him to do. I mean, yeah, and like there's you should just make art for art's sake. Yeah. Not not for other people not to become famous cuz you won't. No. Um I think that's where he started. Mhm. Was making stupid movies with his friends because that's what he wanted to do Mm -hmm. and it kept on growing so he kept on pursuing it but i think he's just kind of returning to tradition yeah you know and uh, like this movie i think like remind i hope like i'm i'm kind of like projecting what he's feeling but i i just get this idea in my head that he um did this because he needed to remember that he was an actor yeah because you know he was he was doing dumb movies. He was cementing himself in B movies, and he hadn't acted for a while. I bet. And he doesn't have to ever again if he doesn't want to. No, but like, I think he should. I think he should too. I think he's fucking great at it. Yeah, you know, and like, 
it's there. It's just it's hidden, and it's it's been it's been consumed by Evil Dead. Yeah, um, he can't escape it. He he's always Spock. Like you know, he's always Ash he's, just in some way or another. And I think for the show's sake, I think he's really good in that. Sure, but but like that. It's, if 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 all he ever is is Ash, that's great. But I think it's a, I think film and media is worse off for that because I think he's a once in, I mean, I think it, he's a once in a lifetime talent. We sure. have this fucking podcast because I full throated believe that. Yeah. Watch. I'm, 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 I'm glad we have Ash. I I think he likes doing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't need to. No. Do anything else, and this this proves it. Yeah, I think. Watch Bubba Hotep. It rocks. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, it's a it's a real corker. It genu- <laughs> like the mashing of tones works. It's shot beautifully. It's directed super competently. Like it it's it's fun. It's smooth. It has a strong hook, but then when it grabs you in, it it's a it's a big hug. Yeah, you know, it's meaningful. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's meaningful schlock. Which and they, is, they don't make movies like this anymore. They can't. Yeah, because I, I think you can. It's just like not within current systems. No, like, you know, I think that it's just it was ruined by the things that came after it, mm-hmm. like the Jane Austen and zombies <sighs> kind of thing. Like, it, like Monkey Cheese hit its prime after this movie, and like. You got to give it a couple decades it for society to recover. All the wrong <laughs> lessons from this movie. Yeah, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much.